Hey, everybody. What's going on? It's a Monday night broadcast of Tone Talk. How are you? This is Mark Kuzanski, and we've got Dave Friedman and Mark from Tone Talk, along with Sammy Bowler. How are you, Sammy? What's going on? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It's happening. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. And Dave, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm relatively recovered from my weekend. <laughs> cool party. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Sammy, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate you, uh, you know, shifting your schedule around. Make make sure you can join us. Oh, no problem, man. It's an honor. I've watched a bunch of these before, so it's cool to finally be on. Very cool. Um, we let me check the chat. Okay, we got we got people there. People are watching. So um, some people so, from Detroit, I see. Oh yeah, I got. I'm gonna pull this up real quick. Oh, X Man, X Man. He's Tim. He's uh, he wrote me some several questions for you. Oh boy! Oh, perfect, man. Nice. Yeah. So I've got a lot of questions that I can ask you from from uh, one big fan. I know that. So that's um, awesome, man. I met Tim at a uh, Living Color show like years ago, man. That's what he was saying. Yeah. That's you, do you like Living Color? I do, man. We got to my band got to open open for him uh, several years ago now, but uh, really, uh, Vernon Reed's got the biggest pedal board I've ever seen in my life. That's what I so, hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and of course they didn't. We were opening, and of course he didn't move it for the show, so I was like cramped in, couldn't even move the whole show. But it was, oh, it was worth it, man. It was cool. That's hysterical. You know, um, Corey Glover, the singer, is doing that. And has an album with uh, George Lynch coming out. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Did you see well, that? Ultraphonics. Uh, Ultraphonics. It's great. Really, really good. Yeah, it's great. They have two videos out so far for it. I've got to check uh, that out, man. And it's actually yeah. really cool. Like, great, good tunes. Not kind of sounds modern. You know, it doesn't sound like rehashing the past, you know, but it sounds like good rock tunes. Yeah. And, and it's, it's got, um, Catch great, produ- great production, yeah. The drum, mm-hmm. the drum production on it is great. The guy who's playing bass is just like ripping it on that one song, which mm-hmm. is called uh, "Walk, Run, Crawl" or something like that. Um, yeah, it's really good. So, and Corey Glover's voice doesn't even seem to have changed. He's yeah. incredible, man. Great. Yeah, he sounds amazing. I like um, George's project with uh, Doug Pinnock is really cool too. Oh, and, KXM, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's he's playing. I mean, he's always played great, but I feel like I feel like he's playing better than ever now. Well, you'll like Ultraphonics then. Okay, yeah, yeah I got to cool. check that out, man. Yeah, Different than KXM, but more in that vein, kind of mm-hmm. sort of. Maybe better songs even. That's what okay. I think. Wow, I, cool. I, I prefer it. It's a bit. You know what it is? It's a bit. It's a bit more commercial. I would say, in a mm-hmm. way, but it's just still rocking. It's still really good. So, um, so how did you guys meet Dave and Sammy? Uh, we're drinking buddies. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we met through, uh, Marty. He owns a great, uh, music store in Detroit called Motor City Guitar. And, uh, mm-hmm. you guys are like childhood friends, right? Yeah. 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 He was like my, he's the brother I never had. Um, yeah. So yeah, I remember Marty, Marty told me about you originally he goes man you got to check this kid out man he's like the real deal it's like the real the real thing man he's the real trust me trust me he's like the real deal like okay he bought one of your amps 
Oh, okay, he did. <laughs> and then I got in touch with you, I think, after that. Yeah, I think I think bought, I, I, I bought a cabinet from me off at you know, artist cost or whatever after that. Yeah. yeah, I think I emailed you trying to get a cabinet, and then uh, you said, "Hey, I'm going to be in Detroit. You want to meet up?" And then yeah, we've been yeah, I've been friends ever since. But uh, Marty's a great guy, man. He's uh, he's helped me out like even since I used to go up there like since I was like started playing, you know, like 11, 12 years old, and he was like he's been helping me out get good gear since I was a little kid, man. So so that was what like four years ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, it's been fun, guys. I'll catch you. I'll catch you. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> uh, so, so how, when did you start playing? Actually, Sammy, uh, I started playing guitar when I was eleven. Um, my parents are both musicians, so kind of. I grew up playing. I started taking piano lessons when I was like five and uh I, I took lessons up until like high school and uh my dad's a trumpet player so i played uh trumpet and band like uh i think i started in fifth grade but as soon as i started playing guitar that was kind of it i just never put it down you know mm-hmm. but uh my dad my dad showed me a couple van halen videos and that was it you know it was over oh what did he show you um i think i think eruption was the first thing i ever heard uh, I, I can't totally remember but um yeah, I was just obsessed. <laughs> like immediately, of course. Right. I think I think a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of us guitar players have in common for sure. Totally, totally. I at least I try to. I try to. I, it's very hard. You do mu- do a much better job of emulating that playing than I do. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. No, you're great. You're great. Um, so was he like a huge influence on you, uh, Eddie? Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. He was. Uh, he's he's been my hero. I mean, just since the beginning um probably him and uh i'm a huge randy Rhodes fan too uh seeing him play when i was when i was young that kind of that was another another one where you you hear it for the first time it kind of your path changes course kind of thing you know mm-hmm. um but uh yeah eddie and randy are probably my two favorite guitar players even now yeah i love them both yeah hey, no were doubt, you a big, were, were you a big randy fan dave i don't think we've ever talked about this uh, yes and no. I was a I was a big Ozzy fan, like when it when um, he first came out with those records, because mm-hmm. um, I was there when he first came out with those records. Um, and um, I really dug Randy, but I, I did dig Eddie more. Um, so I'm not a massive Randy fan, but I I, I totally well respected for me, but. Um, I was more the Eddie guy. Yeah, me too. I, you know, it's funny because and I Warren think... D. Martini, mm-hmm. he's great too, man. Loved, yeah. loved his playing, and uh, you know, a bunch of those people from that time were so crazy good. You know, like a ton of them. You know, the the Warrens and the and the uh, Jakey Lees and the uh... yeah. Actually, this is going to sound a little bit bad, but my favorite Ozzy guitarist is Jakey Lee. Really? I yeah, I think I think Jake's my favorite. To be honest, hmm. I know that's maybe sacrilege to some people that love Randy, but I think Jake's my favorite. And, well, what do you, what is it about him that that you like? The rhythm, the the soloing, the tone. I'm curious. A little, all of it. No, all of it. Wow. I mean, I really like I like his playing style. I like his aggressiveness. Uh, I, I, I like the songs he wrote since he didn't get 
credit, but he wrote them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they That's were, you sure. know, really popular songs, really great songs. Um, I don't know. Maybe it came from more of, he came from more of the Eddie ilk than, than the Randy classical influence sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. My, my beef with Randy. But they're all good. They're all great. Yeah. I just didn't like Randy's tone. That was my biggest issue. It was just like the tone on the albums, even live. I was just so, like, if you hear some of the live stuff, it's just like, I don't know. I never really was a big fan of his tone, but his playing was just monstrous. Oh, yeah. I love, uh, the tribute album is the one that I really just went nuts on. The live stuff, I just could not believe. Um, and even now, man, I still listen to that. I'm just like, yeah. Wow. That album's, yeah. Amazing. Great playing. Just, yeah, the, yeah, just amazing. Just the energy alone, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I still have to give a lot of credit to Ozzy because he just doesn't seem like he has it in him to uh, come up with these melodies. No, you know, but he does. He comes up with these great melody lines, and you know, to play on those songs. At least those two albums, those first two albums were. Yeah, even still, you know, after when he played with Jakey Lee and everything, I mean, just really great songwriting. Although some people started taking over his songwriting after the years, right? He was, yeah. people were, yeah. But back then he wrote all that as, stuff. As he spiraled further into <laughs> addiction and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But he didn't write the lyrics, though, I heard. I don't really know the whole story, to be honest. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, I can't even comment. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure on the early records either. It might have been, um, it might have been the keyboard player, uh, Bob Daisley. I'm sure yeah. somebody in the, I'm some, I think somebody in the chat probably knows it. The bass player. Yeah, Bob Daisley. Bob bass player. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, Bob yeah. Daisley. Yeah, Bob Daisley got a really royal ass fucking. Totally. <laughs> I when, know. When, I was... when they took, when they took. Uh, Took him off the records uh, and replaced the parts. Oh, with uh, Trujillo and and uh, yeah. Wait, who who was it originally? It was Tommy Aldridge? Was that no? No, the who original. Was, the original was was no, no, no. The original on the out. The original albums was Bob Daisley and yeah. the drummer who I don't know who I forget the drummer's name. Um, Some of them bring it up in a minute, right? But then years later, like just within the past decade. Sharon replaced those parts. Yeah, so she didn't have to pay royalties. Right. So she had the albums re-recorded with uh Randy's parts with Rob Trujillo and and who was the drummer? Aldridge, Tommy Aldridge. I I'm pretty Tommy Aldridge was the original, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy was the original. I think Tommy got taken off and and Bob Daisley, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. And uh yeah, that so that's really kind of screwed. <laughs> I mean, come on, really? She's ruthless, man, from what I understand. Um, she came from hey. that old school musicians get screwed over mentality. Yeah. But, you know, the funny thing is if you ever listen to the comparison of the original track to to the re-record, uh, you know, it's the same parts, but the feel for the bass and drums is, like, totally different. And the, and there's stuff on YouTube where you can compare the two back to back. Oh, really? And when really? when you when you do that, you're like, oh, <laughs> you, you immediately hear it. Like especially with the bass parts. 
Wow. Like the feel, the feel is different. It's the same parts. Yes. But it's not the same kind of Bob Daisley had this certain kind of groove to him. That was just really great. Yeah. That original band was unreal, man. They were. Yeah. It was a tragic, tragic loss for that guy. Totally. Um, all right, I'm just, I'm going to go jump in the chat real quick. Imagine and, how pissed he was. Oh, Ozzy? Oh, my God. No, no. Can you imagine how pissed Bob Daisley was? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, I think every few years they try to take him to quarters. I mean, they, he's. I don't, I don't know. Man. Oh, Lee, Lee Kerslake was the original drummer. There we go. That's, That's what I, could, I could not remember his there name. There we go. Thank you, Jensen Bell. There you go. Yeah. Um, I knew, I know. Yeah. Thank you for correcting our bad information. <laughs> I well, Tommy Aldridge ended up. He he was the tour musician, but I don't think he recorded with him. Well, then it said. Then it said Bob. Then someone else said Enrique Rivera said Bob Daisley and Aldridge tracks were replaced with Robert Trejo and Mike Borden. Mike hmm. Borden's a great drummer, though. He is a great. That, that's the guy from. Um... He's the one that did this last Sabbath. Right. I think. No. No. No, no, Mike Borden was the um, the guy that was originally in. Um, I, I know the band. Um, <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. Hello, people. Come on, answer. You <laughs> want it? You get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faith yeah, no yeah. more. Faith, Faith no more. Thank you. There you go. That was there it. There it is. Our I failing knew. memories are, are fixed. Yeah, I just needed to get that little chorus out, and you know what it is. <laughs> Faith no more was cool. They were very an amazing band, yeah. yeah. Really yeah, cool, amazing. Mike Borden or Mike what happened, what happened Patton. Patton. They're still around. They they came back. Oh yeah, re- re- recently. Yeah, that's cool. He had a solo career for a while. He also had a band called Mr. Bungle. That's right. I remember yeah. Mr. Bungle. Right, right. They were in the nineties. It was a nineties yeah. thing. Yeah. Super cool. I'm just going to jump into the chat, and say hi to some folks. Okay. Um, they got the first person in, Ben Coombs, first thumbs up. Thanks, man. Uh, ben had me on his show. If anybody wants to check out his I show. I saw that. Yeah, it was nice to uh, – oh, you watched it? Uh, I turned it on for a little bit. Oh, cool. I didn't watch the whole thing. No offense to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's this? Oh, click, Mark. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, thanks for having me on, Ben. Um, Quentin James – uh, David Keir, he's also from Detroit, I think he said. Um, ben Coombs, Tom Brino, how's it going? Uh, we got Bruce, and I'm just trying to see if we have uh, some questions before I jump into uh, some other things. Um, Fisherman6798, anxiously waiting in Pittsburgh, PA. Cool. Uh, X-Man wants to know, how long is each episode usually? Um well, tonight's well, going to be about – I think we're going five hours tonight. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Sam might have to run to the liquor store to get more of his Jack Daniels. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't have enough. <laughs> we, were clo- we were close to five hours one time. David Keir says, yeah, that was we with – uh, Yes. Sir? That, with Sir and Pete Thorne, yeah. Wow. That's long. You guys did a five-hour show? Jesus. Almost four something. That's awesome. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm on the East Coast, and I'm like 
passing out. I think it was like one thirty. Yeah, I I always have it easy. It's six o'clock here, you know. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Um, it was fun though. That was awesome. I I loved. Uh, John was just like, no, let's keep going. He's like, as long as there's people asking questions, let's stay. I was like, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, Rick Hollis, how you doing? He's in hey, Aus- Australia. Australia. He's up on a, a Tuesday morning. Um, so it's got, really easy for him. True. He's he's his he's uh, his videos were really good. Yeah, he did some good stuff. It was nice meeting Rick at um, in Nam. Did you get a chance to meet him? I think I did. <laughs> you know, here 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 here's the thing. Here here's how the Nam show goes. I meet a whole lot of people, and I'm generally drinking while I'm meeting a whole lot of people. <laughs> so, um, and there's four days long of meeting people constantly all day long. So when it's all done, yeah, I saw you at Nam. You did? <laughs> oh, okay. I think I maybe vaguely remember talking to you for a while. You get so scattered. At least I do. I, I have a hard time focusing sometimes on 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 people. Like when I'm when there's too much going on at one time. And you have so, so much going on. If you on. see me in Nam and I'm 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 like not focused on you, I apologize. It, it, it's no offense. Please don't take it poorly because uh, it's just that's the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And, and if you walk into the room and I give you the finger, that means that that's a that's a um, a show of love, a loving okay? gesture, a loving gesture. It's not meant to be angry. <laughs> it's meant to be funny. <laughs> gotcha. I'm just explaining some some mis misunderstandings over the over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually uh, i had a buddy who um who met you and was like what the hell man he was like he, did, he didn't even look at me <laughs> I, like, I didn't i don't okay i apologize <laughs> like i said yeah, yeah but you know i said dude i i i know how i've because i was hanging out with you yeah if i had that many people coming at me all day after a while yeah and after a while you're just numb like you, you almost know, want to shut down it's just like you can't like after a yeah. while it's like if you if you feel if you talk have to talk to one more person and put a big smile on your face you're gonna you're just gonna die you know like it's it's hard it's hard it's a hard task to do it, it really is it is yeah yeah dude, that, I, don't know why, how, I don't know how you do it man that's why we have dave black there He's always nice to everyone. We'll talk to him for a minute. <laughs> he is. He's, he's I need really a nice. break. I need a break. It's rough. It's rough because everybody wants to talk to Dave. And I, and I try really hard not to, like, be a jerk or anything to anyone. You know, I try really hard. Sometimes it falls short, you know. <laughs> it just does. Yeah, it happens. So, Sorry. Yeah. Um. It's just like you got, oh, they want to do a video with you now. Okay, wait. Okay, but I was talking to him, but wait. Oh, sorry. You're talking to me too. Hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah. You guys do have an amazing setup, though, I got to say. That oh. wall of that wall of Amsterdam, I, th- I think the past couple of years is just insane. 
Yeah, well, we might we might make you come and work it with us this year. I, I'd love to, man. Because yeah. I want to get you out and um, doing shows at the booth. Yeah, for yeah. Yeah. that'd be a blast. So. You got the you got the setup to do it for sure. Yeah, no, and I think we might even have a little bit tweaked version of it next year too, where we can probably incorporate the the small stage a little bit better than we have in yeah, the past. That sounds so. great, man. But I, yeah, I want to get you out doing performances at the booth. Yeah, that'd be great. Just put on some it, tracks or something. It's just like at least a couple a day or something, or one a day at least, not two. Yeah, just tracks, PA tracks, boom, done. Yeah, because it's yeah, awesome. Simple. You've been in, you've been to Winter Nam, Sammy. I have, yeah, a few times. Um, I think the last time was I didn't go this. I didn't go this the previous. Yeah, yeah. But then you know, we'll put you to work then, though. <laughs> yeah, that's all right with me, man. That's cool. Gives me an excuse to get out there. So. Yeah, that's fine. We can use more booth hands anyway, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, fun. there's a lot of people. But what through. what you didn't see, Sammy, is there's a there's a bar in the uh, in the actual sound room now. In the Friedman booth, that's in awesome. the Friedman sound room. <laughs> we took a mobile bar. No shit. <laughs> this last year, yes. We had a refrigerator and a coffee maker for the mornings. <laughs> you guys have like a bartender, or is it more just self serve? Uh, no, it was like well, it was sort of self serve, or like someone that was working would make someone something. It wasn't really. It was like if it was offered to people, they got it. You know. It's not like wide open. Right. That's awesome. Man. That would get costly. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. seriously. People taking advantage of the Friedman bar. Yeah, but now, but now I know, uh, of course, now I've broadcast it to everyone, so. <laughs> rethink this. <laughs> hey, we're getting a little bit of a delay. We are? Have you heard it? Nope. I know. I noticed it in mine, yeah. Do you have any? Well, uh, do you have any uh, clear volume up at all? Me? I don't. I'm in phones. Nope. Nothing. Hmm. And I don't hear anything with you guys at all. I'm perfect here. You don't hear it. You don't hear it. Nope. Strange. Okay. okay. Well, we'll keep we'll keep moving. Yeah. Um. So tell us about the amps that you have behind us, Sammy. Uh, these are my buddy Mark Stewart, who Dave knows as well. But um, the top one right here is a it's a '68 JTM 45, which is just insane. Um, and he owns he's just a vintage Marshall collector. He's let me borrow a couple of them, you know. So, um, and then right below it's a '68 uh, Super Lead. Amazing. You know what? You know what? What I'm always amazed at is the the way your room looks in videos. It looks it looks killer, but it's so it was so small when I saw it. Yeah, if you only, I'm in a tiny apartment outside of Detroit, man. Yeah, but like, but the way you have it staged in the back with the guitars and the amps and stuff, it looks killer. And oh, you, thanks, man. You would never know it's not a larger room, but it's like it's it's small. Would you guys like a tour of my apartment? One second. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, please. That's funny. So you can't, I mean, you typically can't crank it up, I would imagine. I'm using a, uh, just here for cutting demos and stuff, man, I'm using a, uh, just a load box and right into a, an interface. So it's, 
it's amazing because with these old marshals, man, they get the distortion. You got to crank them up to like 10, you know, mm-hmm. but with uh, using these with using a device like this, man, you can low volume. It's just amazing. It is amazing. It's yeah. Crazy. We're using the two notes thing, right? Yeah. It's a uh, two notes. Um, live torpedo live. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing, man. I, I can't believe it. The technology just in the past few years um, for that kind of thing has just completely changed everything, in my opinion. At least. Oh, yeah. 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 I've got the uh, power station from Fryat, which is amazing. But the two notes, and then, of course, they've got the, uh, the what is the, uh, the UA? Ox. Ox, yeah. That one's cool. Have you checked that one out, Sammy? I have not, no, but I have I have heard of the Fry It. I've heard that's great. Yeah, the yeah, Fry It load, power load. Yeah, it's a great great box. Yeah. Well, then you got to then you got to put your IR in the computer and the on the uh, on the thing in the computer. Okay. Yeah, this um this load box has a bunch of IRs built into it, but you can also yeah. use uh you can also use in the interface as well, which is pretty cool. If you want to bypass the yeah uh, IRs on the rack. Exactly. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah, it's amazing, man. I've also got a... I don't think you guys can see in the video. Let me check, but maybe if I move or below. There's an old Super Bass, too. It's a 69 Super Bass that I'm borrowing. I see a, something that looks like a Marshall amp. And then yeah, a, Fender, a Fender something over there, too. That's an old Vibro verb, too. Yeah, none of these oh, yeah. are mine. I wish they were. Maybe one day. But um, And then I've also got... My main amp live is a Freeman B100, which is... Lower here, if you guys can see. And it's on. And it's on. Yeah, I was using it right before we got on. Uh, right before we got on here. I, I realized. I realized the other day I left my amp on for like six hours. Won't hurt it. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we we burn them in on a rack at like close to full volume for like twenty four hours <laughs> before. Oh, Before really? they ever see you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Won't hurt them; they don't melt. That's cool. Now, Maybe if you half if, volume. at half volume, yeah, about. okay. All right, well then, I'm, I'm not even close to that. <laughs> yeah, don't worry; it's fine. So, tube still cool. work; it's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Doesn't take that much electricity. Uh, not that much, actually. That's cool. People are people are hearing we're hearing a delay, so I'm wondering if we can have a solution to this. Um, Sammy or Dave, one of you guys, could you drop off and then just come back in? I'll do it. Okay. Let's see if that helps. Cool. Yeah, I can try doing it too, Mark, if you want. Then I'll be here alone. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> how, do I, how do I draw? Okay, I just drop off like normal. Okay, great. I'll yep. just close that. All right. Am I? Do I still have an echo? It went away, right? Can you hear it, Sammy? No, I can't hear it. No, now it's perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that might maybe that'll fix it. Because something was happening. Echo gone. Okay, it was Dave. We think I'm it back. was. You, we think it was you, Dave. Okay. 
Not sure why, because when you went away, it, it, it disappeared. Does it, work, does it work better now? I think we're good. Okay. Yeah, now it's, now it's better here. All right. It was me. I don't know what it, I didn't do anything, but I don't know. <laughs> Rock and roll. All right. We're, we're back. So uh, blame Dave, Dan Pfeiffer wrote. <laughs> Fine. I'll take it. <laughs> hey, you got it. We just have to fix it every once in a while. Some this freaking technology. So Sammy, I wanted to hear more about, you know, your career, the music that you're into and, you know, your stuff that you've done and, so take take us back. So you know, you said you you played guitar and you had your influences. And um, when did you when did you kind of make the transition to decide that this is what you wanted to do? Um, I mean, I kind of I kind of knew right away. It's one of those things where um, I don't know. I just got I got so into it, so um, so hardcore, you know, right away that it was kind of like it wasn't really a choice. You know what I mean? Um, but. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, as far as like being knowing I wanted to be a musician and guitar player, um, probably like early teens. Mm. Um, but uh, I went to after high school, I went to music school for a year and a half. I went to a, a U of M. And uh, while I was there, I met this great band in Detroit uh, called Citizen Zero. Mm. And uh, they were when I met them, they were working with this great uh, producer in Detroit named uh, Al Sutton, who's done um He's at, at the time he was most famous for uh, discovering Kid Rock uh, and producing his records. And um, his latest his latest band that he's worked with is Greta Van Fleet. If you know those guys, um, oh yeah. But uh, I met them and they were looking for a guitar player. And uh, I played with them up until just a couple weeks ago. Um, but uh, we put a record out in uh, 2016. We got a record deal and uh, we toured for about almost two years on that record, man. Um, so I got I got to do that whole thing, man, crisscrossing the country and uh, a bunch of times, you know, uh, playing in a band. So, um, was it everything you wanted it to be, or it really is, man? Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely when you're a kid dreaming about being in a rock band. It's uh, I mean, you, it's you only you only dream about the the uh, the good parts, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's I I loved every second of being in that band, you know. And, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Going to a town and people and having people know your songs and coming to the show and it's, it's a trip, man. Uh, but, um, now I'm working on a, an instrumental guitar album that I've been focusing on and, uh, I'm getting close to having it finished. Um, I'm going, actually the next session I'm doing is we're going in Wednesday through Friday and, uh, I'm trying to finish up after, after this week, I'll have nine songs finished. So. That's kind of what I've been focusing on now. Keller, what's the uh, expected release date? What are you What are you shooting for? Uh not totally sure yet, man. Probably, I'm hoping like early next year. Cool. Just in time for Nam, maybe. Yeah, you never know, man. That'd be awesome. Maybe do a show out there, coincided with Nam. You never know. Yeah, man. It's it's it, his solo stuff is really good. When you hear. Um, when you guys hear this, I mean, I know, I don't know if any of you guys have seen the snippets and things of stuff that, that Sammy does uh, that he's put up. And there's been a few uh, clips of also, they, he, they did a show that we did in Detroit where they played for the first time they've ever played together, <laughs> at least live. And, uh, and uh, the, the, the snips were great, killer. So 
We hope to see more of those videos when you uh, finish them up. Finish yeah. up editing them. Yeah, I uh, we played we some we played some of the instrumental stuff live for the first time at uh Dave shows at Dave show at Harpo's with uh Seduce mm-hmm. and uh, I'd never done a show like that man. It's different than being just playing lead in a band. You know what I mean when you're when you're doing a completely guitar uh, oriented gig like that. So I wasn't sure how I was gonna be live, um, but I came loved it. Man. Great. It was a blast, man. Yeah, it came, came off really great. And I think some of the videos, the little snippet videos that you put out will show that mm-hmm. already. Um, and uh, if you haven't seen some of that, I mean, I think I've shared some of it on my our, our Facebook. And uh, he shares it on his personal page. And um, um, it was great. What I love about this, I'm not really that much of an instrumental guy. Uh, for uh, instrumental bands, so to speak, uh, or, or instrumental artists. Um, I respect it, but some of it's boring to me. Mm-hmm. But what I like about your stuff is it's not boring to me. It's uh, there's uh, Like I said it before, I think the word that comes to mind is it has this tension to it, this, this, this kind, of, kind of exciting tension in the music, and it's a little more modern. It's not as, you know, it's not your... Not to take away from it, but it's not your Joe Satriani instrumental record kind of thing. It's not. It's not like that. It's 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 got more teeth to it. Mm. No, thank you so um, thank you so much, man. You know, it's got more teeth to it. So it's really interesting to listen to and watching it live too. I was like, how's this going to come off live? Let's let's see. You know, and it, and live it was like totally exciting. You watch the whole set and you're just like, man, that was great. You know, uh-huh. thank, thank you it so much. It sounded great. And, uh, you know, and, and it was, uh, it came off really good. So the, the best thing that I could like kind of get out of it is I saw this one band not that long ago with Mastodon Russian circles and Russian circles is also the kind of a heavy instrumental band, slightly different style, but, but, but also equally really interesting to watch live. Um, so that's, that's what I, that's why I think about what you got going. So I, I, it would fit right in in variety of touring situations. Mm. Thanks so much, man. That's yeah. that's a I really I really appreciate the, the yeah. Um, yeah yeah I can't wait to see more of the clips because um, that one clip that that was posted that Dave posted from the show at Harpo's I was like okay I want to see more of that. Yeah 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 it's 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 killer and if you don't know what he's doing you need to look him up. Yeah. Because he does this unique style. Well, maybe some of it's been done before, like with, you know, early on, like, you know, like a kind of a a similar two-handed sort of technique that's more piano-like. So it's funny when you said you played piano for years. Uh, That kind of makes sense now. Oh, thanks, man. Some of that piano is coming through on the guitar, kind of, with that technique you're using. You know, it's it's similar to what had been done, you know, maybe like Stanley Jordan and stuff a million years ago, you know. Um, but you've kind of taken it a little further than that. So, thank you. I mean, a lot of a lot of the tunes are um, some of those tapping riffs. Um, like a lot of the songs are kind of based on a lot of those tapping riffs that I've uh, just been working on. Um, yeah. But there's definitely like a lot of ele- the shred elements and stuff like that. There's moments of that for sure too. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but with kind of a heavy uh, uh, 
background too you know what i mean so it's like some of the clean tapping and delay over the heavy band behind it yeah guess, that's the best way i can describe yeah, it yeah distorted bass and kind of heavy band and like you know not uh not not uh aggressive yeah absolutely you know, super super aggressive still and yeah. so I, I think and i think that's what creates the excitement in the instrumental part of this music like, and and great melody lines over top mm-hmm. so Thanks. um that that's what it stands out. I mean, that last that last one you just posted, the last clean one you had done. I think the very last one you posted. Uh, that it was such an interesting one. That was like I. It was just so catchy. Oh, just like it, it almost sounded like there wanted to be a vocal line on it, um, but you were doing it on the guitar. You know, you were doing sort of the melody part on the guitar. That would be even great for like movie kind of things and stuff like that. You know, the background music and, and film and, and, and shows and things. It would be great for that kind of stuff too. Thanks, man. It's, it's an interesting thing. Like um, I've always been a songwriter. Like I've always played in bands, you know? So it's like when you're writing tunes with, you know, and writing riffs and stuff, you imagine vocals over them usually, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, it's it's been it's been really kind of a learning thing too, doing a record where it's you know making it interesting and also, um, you know, do, you're doing everything on the guitar, you know, so it's it's yeah. a totally different bag. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I've been loving it, man. It's, it's been a it's been a lot of fun laying it down, and I'm lucky. I've got a, I've got a really good band backing me up, man. A lot of some of my best friends are playing with me. So yeah, I was going to oh, say yeah. is it, that's that the, that's a different band than than uh, Citizen Zero, yeah. So um, someone had someone had asked. Uh, uh, it was Fisherman six seven nine eight. So he said you played with them up to two weeks ago. Does that mean you're leaving Citizen Zero? Uh, yeah, I left. I left the band, man. Uh, our drummer John left and moved to Nashville. Um, he was he was uh, he's an incredible incredible musician, and uh, he even an original member of the band as well. So when when he left, it was kind of like. I, I just didn't think it was going to be the same, you know. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, it happens. Yeah, but uh, I am. I'm really proud of everything we accomplished, you know. And uh, yeah, it's just a new chapter, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's cool. Um, so you know, I'm going to get to one of the questions from uh, from Tim who had sent me some questions. Um, interesting. Yeah, okay, so he said, after the big success of the album, State of Mind and the single Go, do you feel any pressure on your next release? I, I did up until a couple of weeks ago. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there, I don't know if uh, the band's continuing or not, but um, the music the music that's written is, is really cool. So if it does continue... Uh, Hopefully, hopefully it'll follow it up well. Awesome. Um, he had another question, which is kind of what we were talking, which was, uh, where did you get the idea to do your two-handed tapping style with the bass line and the melody? Um, that's just something I've been working on for fun for a long time, you know? Um, yeah, just working on for fun. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys have not seen this, you'll understand why I just said that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I like, a, more, like it's I said, more like, where's the hammer? Let me break my fingers. Oh, <laughs> man. That's that's how I feel, too. So that, that oh, never yeah. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> but, I'm still um, on like your first exercise on your sweep picking extra uh the, the guitar world sweep thing that you did oh have you yeah. watched some of those that's awesome yeah i'm working on it right now i'm actually working on those sweep patterns oh and, no way man yeah, that's awesome yeah and it's a pain in my ass so but thanks <laughs> that's awesome no, it's, in case someone in case you guys don't know sammy did some videos for guitar world also some lesson videos um and you guys should check those out too there's some there's some cool stuff to be learned if you can play it yeah thanks man yeah i do a lot of teaching um since we, since we've been off the road i've been teaching even more um but uh yeah i'm really lucky i'm still doing a uh it's an online column in guitar world uh it's called secrets of shred if anybody hasn't seen it that's in the chat or whatever but uh that's really cool that's really cool that that you actually uh check those out man are working on some of them man yeah yeah because uh, i've been wanting to do more of the sweep stuff and i it's it, it's just very hard it's not easy. It's not an easy technique to do. Um, but I, I got like a very basic pattern to do on two strings and then what you're doing across three strings. So I was like, Oh, okay. I think I can get this. So I've got like the first two patterns down. So that's awesome. But, uh, man. Yeah, no, it's great. So, so you do lessons. You said, are you doing lessons online Skype? How, how do you do lessons? Uh, both. I do some in person and then, uh, yeah, I have been doing even more Skype lessons lately, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, it's, it's kind of a moment cause you can't play together, you know, like I, I love when I have people come over to my apartment and stuff and give lessons, like it's really fun to jam and, you know, yeah, work yeah. stuff out, but, uh, it's still, it's still a blast. I mean, we work on all kinds of stuff, work on sweep picking, tapping lately. I've been getting more people trying to learn some of the tapping stuff, which has been really cool. Um, but that, yeah, that cool. we work on everything, man. That's good. Yeah. Skype is, it's amazing how uh, that's opened up a whole business model for guitar teachers, you know, and people who want to take lessons. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Cause you're not, you're not limited now to taking lessons from the guy at guitar center. You know, you take lessons online from some amazing people, you know, like yourself. Uh, I mean, even like Brent Mason, uh, he does, gives he give, does he give lessons online? Really? Yeah, he, but they're expensive. Oh, really? Man, yeah. I'd love to take. He's amazing. That guy's in, incredible. Yeah, he's an incredible. Like, guy. I'm going to take one. Yeah. <laughs> he has a uh, yeah, seriously. He has one lesson where you can go to his house. You know the option if yeah, you're how in much Nashville. is that? Yeah, it was five hundred dollars for a two hundred two two hour session. I was about to guess. Yeah, let me get a quick five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> together to go over well, you know, house. two yeah. hours in person at his house. Well, well you know, yeah, it's, it's expensive, but it's not out of the question for some people that really would like to, you know, that guy's that. he's probably one of the best at his craft, yeah, in that, in that type of music. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's it. not something stupid like he's charging, you know, $1,500 or something like that, you know what I mean? Where you're just like, yeah, okay, never mind. <laughs> right no it's it's somewhat reasonable i i mean it's a lot but still and i think I, I can't remember what his online lessons were but i mean yeah it's very super cool that's that you can get lessons from really great players i mean we were talking about sean tubbs before i don't know if he teaches but that guy's an amazing player too i love his playing he was just on your show wasn't he yeah yeah he's, he's amazing yeah he's a wonder, wonderful guitar player man his last video that he just did, which I think he posted last night or the the other, the other day, where he was doing like these uh, lap steel types of things. Did you see that, Dave? Uh no, I didn't. But oh my god, I've, I've seen him do kind of that stuff before. 
the tone that he was getting, it was amazing. I was like, holy shit, this guy's got some, and he was doing like behind the nut bends and like all these weird things. Oh like, yeah. He's, he's the real deal. I got to check that out, man. Yeah. He's, he's definitely really good, really good player. Um, so tell us about some of your gear, right? So you're obviously a Friedman artist. So you use the BE. Have you checked out the BE 50? I haven't gotten to try one in person yet. Um, I'd love to, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of a diehard BE 100 guy. Um, I have used a, a buddy of mine has a Steve Stevens head that I've used in the studio a couple of times. It's, I love that head too. Yeah. But, uh, Mark. <laughs> yeah. He's got, yeah. And Mark's, yeah. Mark's got an amazing collection of amps, man. Mm-hmm. And cabinets too. You should see some of the cabinets he's got now, but um, wow. yeah, I'm kind of a, I'm a B 100 guy kind of through and through, but um. I've always been kind of like an amp distortion player. Um, just kind of diehard, like Van Halen school, you know, kind of like what we talked about. But uh, yeah, when I, when I heard that for the first time, I was just like, that's, that's what I gotta, gotta use, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about this before Dave, but the video that sold me, which, and a lot of people that sold me on your amp Phil was X. Uh, Phil X. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I saw it, when I heard that, was that, a good, that was, that was one we just batted right out of the park there on that one, that video. Yeah. He's so funny in that video. Have you seen that, Sammy? I have. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the funny thing. The funny thing is, uh, uh, you know, Phil. Phil is uh, either a person that everyone loves, or they want to just kill him <laughs> because because they find him annoying and stuff. Personally, you know, Phil. I think I like Phil. That's it's all like a. He's he's a very he's actually kind of really calm in person. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he so, calms down so, in person. Yeah, he calms down. But it's funny. It's it's funny. Let's just let's. It's humorous. Let's just come on in this I day live. and age. Yeah, exactly. Let's go with the humor. It's fine. <laughs> no, he's funny as crap, man. He really is. I love his attitude and everything. Yeah, and his and his playing is rock guy. Yeah, he's great. He's a great player too. When I, when I first met Phil, and we brought this up on the show before, that he was at an LA amp show, and I, I knew who he was. But he came in the room and was trying some of the amps for the first time. And the very first thing he did, he was on the BE channel. The very first thing he did, he turned the gain down to six, which and is probably just, the opposite I, of what everybody does. And, right? and turned the gain down to six, and it was loud, you know. So it's not an issue because it's really loud. And. Um, I just went up to him like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for turning the game down. You're the only one that's ever done that. <laughs> and it sounded great because he, he's used to playing like that. So he can he can make it sound like there's tons of, you know, lots of game to it. But but it's not. It's like really clean. So he just he manhandles it in his hands, you know. Yeah, yeah. he's a great player, man. He really is. Got great style. Have you guys had him on the show or no? Yeah. Has he been on? Yeah, I was about to say he'd be a great guest for you guys. Oh, uh, he was great. He was great. He couldn't sit still for two seconds, but he was great. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was like, he was doing this, like where we're talking to him, and he was like jangling his his things. And you remember yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think him, I texted him, him and him and David Black also was sitting there rocking. <laughs> yeah. The two guys that couldn't sit still. <laughs> That's right, Dave Black too. That was funny. Yeah, someone commented like, "Can you tell him to to stop rocking back and forth?" <laughs> oh, 
or, or no, that was worse than that. It was like, what's he on or something? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's true. Yeah, it was like nothing. <laughs> right. You, well, you you, <laughs> you, t- you said what I what I did wasn't going to say, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Someone real. Phil is the ha- happiest guy on the planet. He really, yes. he's, he definitely is happy. Absolutely. And he's got a lot to be happy about. So he's he's playing with Bon Jovi now, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's killer, man. Uh, yeah, we're talking about an amazing gig. You don't get better than that. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm sure it, it opened up a, a bunch of doors for him. He still gets to do whatever he wants to do from his own side of music. And he gets one of the biggest gigs in the world. I still would love to know, like, the real inside scoop on that whole Bon Jovi Hall of Fame thing. And I, I watched some of that because he played and Richie played, too. which is, Yeah. I thought that was cool, man. I, I, I'm glad they had – I know Richie's not in the band, but – anymore at least but as a fan you know as well i'm not a big bon jovi fan but as somebody who you know enjoys some of their music and just 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 to see it as a rock and roll fan i was like yes i'm glad these all these guys can get up on stage the past bass player everybody can get up on stage and just be an adult and say yeah we we're here for our fans yeah you know that was that was nice you know just to see that which is which is the opposite of a Van Halen induction, if you guys remember that. Oh, it was such an embarrassment. What a heartbreak! Yeah, I talk about heartbreaking, man. Heartbreaking, really? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, well, Ed was supposedly getting treatment at that time. Supposedly, I think. I don't, well, I don't know. That's what the. Oh, who knows? Yeah. Well, anyway, but um, yeah, Alex didn't go. Ed didn't go. Dave didn't go. Yeah. The two guys who go with Mike and Sammy. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it was just sad. But also as a Van Halen fan, my biggest disappointing pointing moment as a Van Halen fan was I was all psyched about when they were going on Jimmy Kimmel. Right. And uh, I'm watching, and a buddy of mine texts me. And he's like, dude, I have a friend who's in the audience right now. He's like, there's a huge issue with Van Halen right now. And he's like, I heard Dave busted his nose. I'm like, get the hell out. This is like in between the commercial break. Like the commercial break is going. And I'm like, get out of here. And he's like, I swear there's like something going on with Van Halen right now. And then they came back and Dave's nose was all taped up. And did you remember seeing that? Yep. 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 I I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was. Just I like, you had a friend that was there. That's insane that he yes. saw. That. Well, he wasn't there. He his friend was there. Oh, okay. And, and he texted me. He's like, "Dude, a buddy of mine's there." And he just said, my, he my, knows- "I had a couple of friends that were there too. It was on the street in in Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it in Hollywood Boulevard? Or I thought it was at a at like a, like one of the parks. No, no, it was literally on Hollywood Boulevard in front of the Jimmy Kimmel show. It's cl- completely closed down. And they had a stage out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I was like mortified. I was just like, holy shit. Of all the things for Dave to do, he busts his nose. They were saying, I mean, he's done that act with the with the um, martial arts stuff for years, and it's the first time it's ever gone wrong, of course, right? When they're live on TV. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's just how that shit works. Yeah, and of course, what he was wearing, he looked like an idiot. 
<laughs> it just looks so bad. And with the nose thing, I was just like, oh, my God, Dave is just he's just ruining it right now. You know what I saw that is around that same time? I just watched somebody sent it to me the other night. And I watched it again. Have you guys oh, seen the no. footage of him? It's actually it's I thought it was I mean, it's better than that performance. But uh, when Dave walked out and played with the Foo Fighters, have you guys seen that? Yes. I thought that was awesome. As I've heard modern day David Lee Roth, you know. Have you seen that or no? I've, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Did they do uh, Panama? They did Panama, and I think that okay. they didn't talk about love, too. I think, yeah, so I think I do remember seeing it. I think I do remember seeing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big Dave fan. I love it, but I was just so like, oh, God, that, that Jimmy Kimmel thing. Cause I was, it was like broadcast TV, you know, Van Halen, you know? I will say that Edward played great, man. Ed, he Eddie, did? Eddie's back to that fucking normal man, you know? Eddie's great. Yeah. He is. Oh, hey, Sean Tubbs says, thanks, Sammy. <laughs> I just saw he's in the chat. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to close out my chat and start it again because mine was all messed up. It wouldn't go anywhere. It was a spinning ball of death. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but uh, it's fine now. I'm good now. But uh, Sean, hey, Sean, how are you, by the way? Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on last time, Sean. I, t- I texted Wade earlier, Dave. I oh think boy. he's been watching too. Where is he? Come on, Wade. If you're watching, chime in. I was. I wonder. I'm going to text him. I wonder if he has a webcam. <laughs> Just get oh him on. No, let's not get it. No, 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 no. We're not doing that today. But we we, we, <laughs> we need to do that though. We need, yeah. Actually, that's another guest for us. Done. We're going to yeah. do that. That should be fun. Who's this? Yeah. This is Wade from Motor Wade City. Wade from Motor City Pickups. Oh, that'd be great. Who's yeah. a wonderful human being all around. Wonderful human being. But, I, I, I met him too. the same night I met you, Dave. Yeah. We were at, uh, in Greektown. Yep. Drinking. Yeah, of course. But yeah, Wade's great, man. Wait, wait, Wade, you can't drink on the show, though. <laughs> <laughs> he, no, drinking a, for you. no drinking a, for you on the show. He's a mean drunk. No, 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 he's not a mean drunk at all. No, 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 no. It's just that we wanted, wanted him to be able to speak. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I I actually have heard a lot of great things about his pickups. Oh, yeah, they're great. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I use, man. I, I got those in my main guitar. Uh, Which model? Is there a particular brand, a model that you use? I use, um, it's a custom pickup he makes called the Hothead. Uh, that's the bridge pickup I use. And uh, I went over. I went over to. He lives in Garden City, which is about like maybe like twenty minutes from here, from where I live. But uh, I went over there and just tried out a bunch of pickups. But that's the first one I tried, and I was just like, "Wow!" You know, yeah. it's like there's there's certain there's certain moments when you plug in a guitar, like plug into a rig, and you're just like, "I didn't even know that was possible." Type thing, you know. Um. Yeah, that pickup's amazing. So that's that's what I use in the bridge, and then I use a. He's got another pickup that he sells uh, called the Atuayu. That's what I got on the neck. But mm-hmm. um, what's what's really cool is I have. Um, I don't know if he usually does it with a four conductor wire, but I've got a, I've got taps in my guitar too, so I can coil tap them, mm-hmm. and uh, those sound amazing coil tap too. And that makes uh, sense because it's a hotter pickup, so then the the coil that's not tapped is still kind of beefy enough where it doesn't sound anemic. You're correct, yeah, and especially for some of that tapping stuff, it sounds really good. Um, uh, like if you're in the middle position, that's that's kind of how I get some of those uh, like clean tapping tones is with mm-hmm. with like one humbucker full, and then I uh, 
um, uh, tapped like bridge pickup or uh, neck pickup. Mm. Interesting. How but hot is the How hot is the bridge? It's it's really hot, and that's usually I'm I'm more of like a low output, medium output type of guy. Uh, other than that particular pickup, um, because uh, there's something about the articulation, man. It's just like I've never heard a pickup that picks up like that. Um, like all everything about the note, if that makes sense. Like it almost mm -hmm. it, it's just wild. Like usually high output pickup, high output pickups aren't so responsive. You know, it's more just like flat, like compressed. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is like the total opposite. Um, yeah, amazing. Every that's that's the pickup to check out in my book, the uh, Motor City Hothead. That's cool. So, and tell us more about like your gear that you use. I don't uh, live, man. I don't use a. I don't have a big board by any means. Um, that Dave's show, I uh, I used a compressor for the first time because I was doing some of that clean tapping stuff live for the first time. Mm. Um, so I go into like a tuner, and then I went into that. It's an Empress compressor. Have you ever heard of that company? Mm -hmm. Which is that's a really really great yeah. compressor. It's a great compressor. Um, and then uh, I just use that and uh, a couple delays. I'm using a flashback delay right now, like an X4, one of those TC Electronics, mm -hmm. and then a uh, a carbon copy. And uh, the delays on the effects loop. So I, I split out. I go into a, a noise gate that goes into the front amp, and then uh, the effects loop goes into that same noise gate into uh, the flashback and a carbon copy. And then uh, I have a, a reverb pedal that's uh, that's on all the time too, like pretty low. It's just a uh, it's the standard. I forget what it's called right now. Uh, just the Holy Grail. Hmm. It's like a one knob yeah. reverb. That's a good one. Nothing too crazy. I think at Dave's gate, I use I had a Phase ninety on my board too, just for uh, just for fun. If you're an Eddie fan, you have to have a Phase ninety on your board. Yeah, I was use I only use it on one tune, but I'm kind of using it in a wacky way. I have it turned up all the way. It sounds more like a uh, like a fast chorus or something. Yeah, Leslie kind of thing. Yeah, but hmm. that's cool. Nothing, nothing too crazy. The, what's interesting is. Um, the, I'd, I'd never played with a compressor live, but I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. Especially, really especially the clean tapping kind of thing. It just bit. it just makes it feel like you have distortion, mm -hmm. you know? And so you don't have to you don't have to be digging in so hard when you're doing some of that tapping stuff. So. Yeah, exactly. Because I yep. can't imagine I can't imagine that tapping stuff is that simple to do. Not the way you're doing it. How hard you have to hit that note. The, 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 comp the compressor helps a lot, man. I was, yeah. I was pretty surprised. Yeah, uh, bad because because uh, just the, the finger strength of the right hand, just to be able to tap those notes and have them really stick. Um, it it I, looks effortless, but... <laughs> uh, thanks, man. And I think uh, I'm using, like, I have delays on almost all the time as well, which kind of helps with some of the sustain and making it sound smooth, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah, but, no, you had... You had a, a shit ton of delay on. <laughs> yeah, which is I'm it working out. Great. No, it sounded great. <laughs> Thanks, man. No, it sounded fine out front. So. Um, we got a question from Michael Smith. Hey, Michael. Um, he wants to know what was your first guitar and what's your most prized guitar now and why. Um, my first, I my uh, I started just playing some of my my dad had a bunch of acoustics around the house, so I started playing those and. Uh, the first guitar I ever bought, um, we had a garage sale, and I sold some uh, some old Pokemon cards and stuff like that. And I went to the guitar center and bought a uh, Squire Strat Pack, which is a lot of uh, kids around my age. A lot of kids started with that, like mm -hmm. a Squire Affinity Pack. 
But uh, I played that. I played the hell out of that for a while. And then uh, I got a Jackson. Um, I played like a Jackson Dinky. That's how I, that's that's the first guitar I had with like a real bar with a Floyd on it. So mm-hmm. I learned a lot of stuff on that too. And uh, the other person was most prized guitar. Yeah, uh, probably sure. my main guitar is my Les Paul, which is uh, behind me. Um, that's 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 the going to the grave guitar. And that has a Floyd on it. It does. Yeah, it's um, it's factory. It's based on a Les Paul Access. If you guys know that model. Yeah. But um, I think I got it on eBay. Um, I think somebody had it made in the custom shop. So it's based on that. It's got like all the same specs as a Les Paul Access with like the carved out heel and stuff like that. And it's a little bit thinner than a normal Les Paul Custom. Um, it's not as heavy. But, yeah, it's not quite as heavy. I, I kind of wish it was you know, like a big chunk of wood, you know? Mm. But uh, yeah, that's definitely my most prized guitar. Oh, it sounds great. I, that is a guitar, you know, it's like, I need. we've talked about this before, Dave. I need another guitar, like I need a hole in the head. But um, <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always wanted a Les Paul with a Floyd. And check them out, man. Even if you can, I'm even if you think I'm a lefty, so I, I I haven't seen a a Les Paul yeah, with a good Floyd. luck with that one. Yeah, lefty Les Paul with a Floyd. I'm, I'm, I'm you're, gonna be, you're gonna be modifying a regular lefty Les Paul. That's pretty, that yeah, one. and I'm not touching my Les Paul that I have, so so it'll yeah. it's not happening. And then the luthier you're gonna take it to is gonna look at you and just go, really? Yes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> really man i know but it's a great I, that, i've always i mean uh neil sean uses it yeah right? mm-hmm. yeah he does cool. i think he does play one as well yeah i think we're gonna do it we're gonna do a set neck with uh with a floyd i think sometime in the near future here oh that would be cool so hey, dave i love your uh I was looking at some of your. You like the Callies. You like the you like. I like the Callies, and I like I like the Tellies too. I saw a picture of a Telly with a Floyd that you have that looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's fun. Which I don't I don't know if you sell those or not. If it was just a one off or whatever. But was it the black one? Black. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was black with either like a black I think it was with a, a black pick guard or something with a with a, a chrome humbucker or something maybe. Yeah, I've been I've been modding a Telly. I got a mod. Uh, I got a Mexican Telly on Craigslist uh, a couple months ago. I've been modding it out. So now I've. Uh, I've always wanted a telly because you end up you end up using tellies in the studio a lot, like just doing session work. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I, I finally bought just a cheap one. I've just been trying to mod it, make it sound good. Yeah. Did Wade get you some pickups for that? I've got I've got to get one. I've got to get some from him, man. You got to get some from him, man. He's been making single coils now too, which uh, he's been my, making single coils a long time. Has he? Okay. <laughs> I've had them for years. My my buddy my buddy Frank left a Strat with him before I moved to Nashville like six months ago, and I think I think Wade still has it, but I think he's putting some pickups in there, like some just like a set of three Strat pickups. Yeah, but, I have one, I have one Telly that he he made a bridge pickup for me. Uh, that's uh, not not overly hot or anything, just like a standard vintage style bridge Telly pickup, and it sounds amazing. I, everything everything Wade and he's me. and he's watching. He texted me. <laughs> Did he? Okay, perfect. I gotta check my phone. Oh, he just texted me too. The way is the best, yeah. man. He's just, so, just yeah. We'll I mean, get him on. We'll definitely yeah. get him on. Oh yeah, we'll get him on for sure. What's so cool is every time I go over there, he always teaches me stuff too, which is like, like he'll explain to me what he's doing, like working on pickups, working on different stuff. It's so cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's great, man. 
But uh, yeah, you can't. There's something about a a telly tone like doubled with a Les Paul, man. It's just like absolutely telly on one side, Les Paul on the other side, pan left to right. Sounds massive. Yeah, traditional telly. Same amp. Same amp, even yeah. Yeah, same amp. Just change the guitars, but it's radically different because you get the full humbucker sound and then the the bright telly thing. But but then boom, it explodes. It's huge. Hmm. I'll try. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, man. Super yes. cool. So um, are you recording with those amps that you're using back there, Sam? I have them, man. And I have uh, I live right by one of the best studios in Detroit is, um, is a studio called Rust Belt. Um, and uh, I've, been doing, I've been doing like a lot of like producing and stuff since I've been off the road. And uh, I keep bringing these. I bring the Friedman and like at least like two Marshalls to the sessions I've been doing, and uh, everybody just freaks out because like Russell's got some great vintage gear too, you know. But there's something about having just like like a Friedman on one side and then like an old Marshall on the other, doubling, especially like rhythm parts, where it's just like it's just it sounds like every great guitar tone you grew up listening to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been I've been using them for all kinds of stuff. Very cool. Um, Dave, I didn't tell you this, but, um, you know, the guy who, um, has the page masters of shred, you ever see this guy? Yeah. It sounds familiar. I just, yeah, Mr. I think Mr. Shred, his name is, um, his name is Derek. He, he lives by me. He li- literally lives like 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Does he well, really? He, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Sammy? I do. Yeah. I do. Know what you're talking yeah, about. yeah. So Derek is a nice guy. So, um, I met him at, it was funny cause I was going to Nam last winter Nam. And I'm wearing my Van Halen T-shirt, and I go through security, and the 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 security guard says to me, the you know the TSA guy goes, "Are you with them?" And he points to these guys, and I look over, and it's I don't even know who I I had never seen his channel or anything. It's Derek, Mister Shred, and his friend who also has a Van Halen T-shirt on. So, um, and I'm carrying my guitar in my suitcase, and they're like, "You're going to Nam, aren't you?" Because we were all it was a direct flight to L.A. And I'm like, yeah. And we just became friends and started talking on the flight and everything like that. And um, well, anyway, Dave, he came over and checked out the rig with the mm-hmm. f- with, with your amp, mm-hmm. and his mouth dropped. <laughs> 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 I, I had it on like two with the wet dry wet rig and everything, and he was like, "Holy sh!" I've never heard anything this good. Oh my god! So he's we've been texting back and forth. He's like, I got to come over and check out your rig again. So, have you ever done a wet dry wet wet rig, Sammy? Uh, I've tried one. The only time I've ever gotten to use one is at uh, Dave's setup at Nan. Oh yeah, okay. But uh, it's someday. That's that's my dream rig, man. I have like two cabinets on stage, two heads, like one wet, one dry. But uh, right now, I, I just use a half stack live usually. But uh, yeah, one day, man, that'd be killer. Just to have the separation, you know. It's like I have it in my my bedroom here with like three cabinets. Are you, are you serious? That's perfect. Well, uh, well, one one by twelve and another two by twelve. Those are the wet cabinets, and then the four by twelve is dry. That probably sounds amazing. It fucking sounds great. It really does. The, and I have the delay. I have uh, stereo delay. So one is set at three ninety eight. The other one's set at like. I forget what it is, maybe seven ninety eight or whatever, um, and they're like ping ping ponging back and forth. That's killer. Yeah, yeah, it's freaking amazing. Total Van Halen setup. So, 
Because I'm because I'm a nut I'm a nutcase. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what is that? What is that guitar behind you, man? Is that like an old Kramer or something, or is it a? It's a it's a fifty one fifty recreation. Cool. Yeah, buddy of mine. I've, I've always wanted one of those, man. <laughs> oh, if you want one, I know somebody who can get you one. Okay. Yeah. Sounds full, good. Full, fully reliced. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I'll I'll send you pictures of this. It's completely reliced out. It like looks like Ed's. It's sick. Right. That's awesome. Um, hey, we've got a question, um, Dave, for you actually, or for anybody. He's uh, James Kohler Music says, Dave, I'm in the market for an amp right now. <laughs> Looking for something with classic rock vibe that can do modern rock too. What would you recommend? It can do both. Okay. Um, well, it depends on how much you want to spend, I guess. So uh, probably BE50 Deluxe would probably be the the best all-around, most versatile choice. Um if you just said classic rock, I'd say a Dirty Shirley amp. And and if you wanted to take it more modern, I'd say buy one of our Buxom Boost pedals into the Dirty Shirley, and it'll give you the the tighter, more modern kind of thing out of it. So depends. $3,500 or $2,800 in a pedal, so three grand. So you're only saving $500, so it's not... Sorry, it's, it's already expensive. Yeah, sorry, it's expensive, but it it actually really does cost a lot to make. And, it and then sells. you got dealer margins and reps and things and and overhead and oh my god, you guys don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I see people online. They're like, oh, it's ridiculously expensive. Blah 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 blah. Uh, you know, well, if you if you start doing the math, the actual real math, it's not out of the question at all. So what what do you and think? And let of- me tell you this. These tariffs aren't going to be helping anything. Mm. So um, that that's a real problem because in one way or another these tariffs are going to affect the whole music industry uh, and gear manufacturing. Because even if it's an American-based company, often that the steel or aluminum is coming from overseas. Mm. There's some factories here, but that's not what has been used for the product. So there's tariffs on this stuff now. And then, then you know, every single electronic part that's in an amplifier comes from somewhere else. None of them are made here. The chassis that you have might be an American company, but the steel might not come from here. The transformers you make could be American company, but the steel doesn't come from here. Some of it does, some of it doesn't. Just depends. Have you already seen price increases? Yes. Oh wow! Already wow! It's already started. So, hmm. so uh, great. You know, it's like it's like they said. You know, just like you know how Coke just said they, that they had to raise the price of their their product because of the tariffs. We were we were looking that up the other day, and, and you know, like the president's saying, well, it's like three cents a can. It's not very much money, you know. How many cans of Coca Cola product 
per day are consumed in this world. <laughs> we were looking up some numbers and it's staggering. We're talking, you know, in a year, we're talking billions. In right. the bill in the billions in a year. So, so you that take by three cents. Yeah. That it, it's a sizable figure. <laughs> so so you know, what what do you do? Are you gonna eat a billion dollars or something? You can't. <laughs> you know, if it was on a smaller scale, maybe you can eat it. You know. And we're eating some of it. So we'll uh we'll see how it goes. It's a bummer, man. Yeah. It is it's a shame. I mean, it's not like you know, it's it's not the end of the world, but it's 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 kind of kind of an issue when you know you get a an invoice for something and uh, for three hundred units of of something and and you know the in, the invoice is like you know three hundred thousand or no thirteen thousand dollars more. <laughs> So, oh my yeah. god! Wow. Yeah, that's not that's not insignificant. I mean, that's you know, so. that's a significant increase. Yeah. So, so you know, you know, it 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 adds up. So we'll see. It's funny. I just got a um, a text from somebody. I was in this debate with somebody about uh, <laughs> smashing pumpkins. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Did you like Smashing Pumpkins? You like that band? I I I do. Yeah, okay. I do like them. Do you like them, Dave? I yeah, I, I've liked them here and there throughout the years. Yeah. So I was a big fan early on of their stuff, mm-hmm. and, and then they lost me. Like the Gish album, the first album, I was just like, okay, this is great. Jimmy Chamberlain on drums, everything, and they just became too commercial for me. So I kind of. I kind of dro- lost interest in them when they became a little bit, little bit more commercial. Um, but people still love like, you know, the melancholy album and all that stuff, but I, it, it didn't really do it for me. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Like uh, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not like the biggest diehard smashing pumpkins fan by any means, but uh, I'm a, I'm a big Billy Corgan fan. I think he's a really smart guy. Really great. Artist. Oh yeah. Um, and a uh, great songwriter more than anything. Just some of those, I'm more into like the classic songs. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're not. They're if they come out with something new, I'd love to check it out though. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. He's annoying me over the years. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should keep my mouth shut. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, um, that's what it is. No, it's fine. I just it's funny because I just saw it come up. But um, that's too bad about the tariffs, man. That sucks. I'm sorry to hear that because people are always bitching about pricing about everything anyway. Well, um, I mean, like I said, we're we're not changing anything right now, but we'll so we'll see how this progresses or doesn't progress. It might go the opposite direction. You know, let's let's see what happens. So, mm-hmm. uh, Black Lagoon Tunes, Dave. Am I able to order a standard black head shell for my JJ? I have a white one, which is why I ask. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Send me an email. Friedmanamps at Gmail. Yep. And I will pass it on to the person who will handle it. Um, yeah, someone, uh, Matt Harrison, Jimmy Chamberlain was a killer drummer. He really was. I loved his stuff. Oh, yeah. Really good stuff. Um, so I had some more questions for you, Sammy. Um, 
So what about Seymour Duncan or DeMarzio pickups? Do you ever, you ever use them? Um, before I met, before I met Wade, I have, I have an eight string guitar, um, that I've used for some of the, uh, like the rhythms and stuff on the record I'm working on. And that has DeMarzio's in it. Um, I'm not sure what model though. I think they only have a couple eight string models. <laughs> so it's, it, there's not that many options, I don't think. But, uh, other than that, I, I've always used like standard pickups, whatever comes in a guitar. Like I've always been more of like a Gibson guy. So usually just Gibson pickups. Um, I had, I have an Explorer and I put, I've experimented with different pickups in that. Um, I used to use a, a, uh, JB mm-hmm. and that, and the bridge of that, which is a great pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had the, I think I had a jazz in the neck for a while, but, uh, I ended up going back to just the original pickups in that. Um, but I want to have Wade make me a set that matches my Les Paul for that guitar too. Cause I, I use that guitar live quite a bit too, mm-hmm. but, uh, oh, I, I'll second degree black belts. Those are amazing, man. Yeah, that 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 or even the black in, in an explorer, even his original black belts sound particularly amazing. Really, uh, I, yeah, I believe it, man. That the original the, black belts were really cool. We put them in one explorer. We had, boy, that guitar sounded good. Phil X has it now. Really, and um, and the second degrees sound really good in any sort of like Les Paul style or you know set neck kind of style guitar sound really cool explorers just sound just in general man they have so much wood you know like especially behind the bridge like explorers just sound incredible i mean what i mean i understand the thinking why i have the same kind of pickups but i would i would do something different i mean just it's just just to have a different flavor have you ever heard um dave have you ever heard uh wade's pickups the uh the detroiters yeah you know here's the funny thing everyone really like supposedly really liked the detroiters and I wasn't the biggest fan of the Detroiters. Nothing against it. It was a good sounding pickup, but I wasn't the biggest fan. It didn't work for my guitars. Um, they have a little more P90 of a sound to them, kind of. Uh, there was something. There was something in the frequency response I didn't like of them. Uh, I liked his black belts. Second degree black belts was my fave. Um, he's done some other stuff that was really cool. Fuego is really cool. For a hotter, amazing, yeah, hotter pickup. Um, uh, he's got he's done a bunch of custom wines over the time for me too that were cool. So, um, Mark, who owns these uh, Marshalls that I've been using, uh, he just put a couple. I think he got a set of Detroiters and a set of second degree black belts, or maybe maybe the original black belts. But uh, mm-hmm. he put them in a gold top and an old uh, like a Sunburst Les Paul, and yeah. I mean, it just completely changed the sound of them. I, I yeah. could not believe the difference. Yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking, speaking of pickups, what about your pickups, Dave? When are they coming out? Uh, uh well, and realistically, like they're sitting there done. I, I, they just have to go in the box boxes. That there was a problem with the artwork on one. So, um, any any second, <laughs> any okay. second. All right, that question came from Jim Flanagan. Yeah, so, yeah, I saw that. Yep. I keep uh, saying any second. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like sometimes getting products out is interesting. So you run into all sorts of little roadblocks along the way. 
It's it's the same with making putting out records, man. <laughs> the yeah, exact yeah, same. little roadblocks, like little Just things, like one after the other. Oh well, we got to do that now. Oh man, we didn't do that. Oh, we got to do that before we release it. Yeah, mm. always a delay. Um, so Fisherman six seven nine eight wants to know, Sammy, is Max Brown playing on any of your solo work? Oh my god, I wonder if he's. If, it, if anybody watching, Max Brown is like one of my best friends uh, from drawing. He's a great guitar player. Um, I wonder. I wonder how. I wonder how she knows we're friends. But um, Max is playing bass now in this amazing like gospel group um, called Warren Treaty, and, and I'm so proud of him, man, because he's really an amazing guitar player. But he got this gear on bass. Um, it's this uh, a guy and girl singer, their husband and wife, and they sound like. I'm trying to think of how to describe the music. Maybe like early, like Ray Charles type, like kind of like throwback stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but Max has been playing electric bass and uh, upright bass with them. And he's on the road just, he's been on the road like consistently for like the six, past six months. So I'd love to, I'd love to have him play on the record, but uh, yeah, he's been, he's been playing bass for them. So I forget where he's at tonight. I think he's in like New York City tonight. But uh, yeah, Max, Max is a great guitar player. He's somebody to check out. Cool. Uh, JJ Collins has a question for you, Dave. I apologize mm-hmm. if this has been answered before or asked a million times. Probably not, JJ. Uh, out of the Friedman 20-watt amps that you have available, which one is the best for VH, Van Halen, classic rock metal, the PT, the run, et cetera? Well, well probably for what you described, uh, either the PT or the runt. Um, the runt will be a little more cutting, and a little more bright um, than the PT. The PT it tends to be a little squishier and a little darker. Um, so, depending. <laughs> Rut might seem maybe a little tighter, a little more cutting. I have the Run 20, and um, I love it. It gets VH. You can get VH tones there. Hard yeah, rock. Yeah. Would, yeah. Definitely. I love that amp. I love that amp also because it has the uh, you could record. It has a load already in it. Yeah, you know, so it's I mean, cabinet it's just, emulated out. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you don't have to worry about any of that and stuff. It, and it sounds quite good. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, um, I'm not just saying that. Who who was saying it before? There was a comment. Um, they said, "Oh, I had it. I had it circled, and I." lost it but the question was someone came into their shop or something like that and said that uh friedman amps are marshall clones and he said i couldn't let that pass <laughs> um i've seen that said before too you want to address that dave because i people i've had that discussion okay well you 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 show me the marshall that this you know that the exact circuit i use is from um Yes. Is it Marshall Heritage in the amp? Yes. Um, is the preamp circuit of the amp exactly any Marshall? No. That pretty much is cut and dry. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. Is there Marshall Heritage in it? Absolutely. Love old heritage of old Plexi Marshalls and stuff. That's where that's where it all started from. I've said that a million times uh, for me. So, um, it's just how do you get it at a usable volume with you know more gain and 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 stuff like that you know and that's what that's what I have accomplished with the amps so 
Sounds great down low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. and that's 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 a huge thing for playing live as well. Obviously, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Anyone can use it, even from bedroom player. Even if it's a hundred watt amp, it'll still sound good. Really, super quiet. Yeah, which that's really hard to get with a with a you know a high watt tube amp, you know, especially yeah, with yeah. a serious gain in it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And then also the other thing that I've read, and I'll just say it, I've read it on the gear page where people are like, oh, he just took Jose's mod or he took this person's mod and put it into a Marshall. And that's 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 the Friedman stuff, which is bullshit too. Um, there's There's elements of some of that in it. There's elements of old Marshall's. There's uh, other tweaks that I've done that are sort of my own thing that wasn't really uh, anything to do with anything, you know. Uh, uh, no, it's not a verbatim Jose mod. It's not verbatim anything. So, I mean, no. how much do you have to change it before it's not that? How many parts? Come on, tell me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... Like, this is not the same discussion that we were having. Then don't I mean you know like just don't don't you know people like like the sound. People buy the amps. They love the sound. They tell me that they love it. So, you know, what are you gonna? <laughs> yeah, and that was L. Scott music. He had a, he had the comment. I had to school someone on Friedman just the other day. So. I mean, you know, you have to you have to you know, like there's other people that are more derivative of Jose Marshalls and things out there, like Mark Cameron or or um, or Mike Fortin. You know, he does a lot of the Jose kind of stuff. You know, that's even even way closer to that stuff. So, and then Mike does some other stuff too that's not like it. So, you know, so do I. Dirty Shirley's not like those amps. No. Speaking of Mike Saldana, how many tube screamers are there? Oh yeah, how many tube screamers out there do exist that you know in the in the pedal realm? Let's let's start talking there. You know, uh, you know everyone's different take on a different circuit, and I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know what? Let let, let your ears tell you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. At the end yeah. of the day, take Let your a, ears take, tell you. Take a listen, and you just decide. Yep. Um. So, I don't know if you want to talk about it because I brought I brought this up last time, and you said you couldn't talk about it. But um, there's still more like rumor mill around Mike Saldano, and that he's retiring. He's selling his building or sold his building or something like that. I don't know what's going on exactly. Oh, okay. So not exactly sure. All right. Well, I wish him well one way or the other. I, I do too. I think, you know, Mike, Mike was an, um, an innovator uh, in this, the first boutique high gain amp, I think. Well, I guess Boogie could have been the first, but the first, more Marshall-esque boutique high-gain amp. Here's the first one. His stuff is great. You ever play yeah. a Soldano, Sammy? I, I have, yeah. I've never used one uh, on a gig, but uh, I played them in guitar stores and stuff. 
Uh, I think that what's the most famous one, like the SLO 100? The SLO, yeah, SLO 100. Yeah, that's that's a great head, man. But um, yeah, the Synergy module that I have is freaking killer. I love using that. What is that? Is that a like a plugin or something? Oh, you haven't checked out the Synergy stuff? No. Oh, Dave's involved with that. That's that's. Um, oh, I do know what you're talking about, actually. Yeah, yeah. the modular preamps. Yeah, is George, George Metropolis is doing one as well, right? Yep, yep, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I checked one at his place. I checked one of those out. Yeah, I've got one on top of my amp up there. Okay. Um, and uh, I've got the Dirty Shirley, the Saldano, and and the Morgan, which is like an AC kind of thing. They're all great. Oh, really yeah, cool Synergy, stuff. Synergy Line is really cool. It does some fun stuff. And with that little box, you know, you can kind of add another channel to your amp or another two channel, sort of. It's it's an amazing idea. And it's no tubes, right? It's like completely no really tubes. solid state. It's all yeah, tubes. That's, that's, that's awesome. Oh, it is all tube, you said? Yeah, it's all tube. Oh, wow. That's well, cooler. okay, all tube. Um, mostly tube. There's a few solid state buffers and things that have to happen for the... Um, for the circuitry to work right, so mm. got it. Okay, it still sounds great. I mean, the whole thing is just killer unit. So, um, I, when are you guys coming out with more of those? More modules? Yeah, like the ODS that was talked about. That's coming out uh, shortly. I think I don't. I don't know the exact release schedule of that stuff. Um. I know there was a thing they had to go through with some issues with some pots they had uh, problems with, so they they needed to you know fix that and make sure that was solid mm-hmm. before uh, moving ahead with you know final modules, other new modules. There's an angle one that's pretty cool sounding. Yeah, that was the other one I was interested yeah. in checking out. The angle one. Yeah, that was a cool one. It sounded good. Really good stuff. Very cool. Um. X-Man wants to know, Sammy, does your dad still play guitar? He does, yeah. Um, my parents were actually on the road together for years. They played in the same band. Uh, my dad's primarily like a trumpet player, um, and my mom fronted the band. Uh, she's a, She was a, an amazing singer. Um, but uh, he, he doesn't play out much anymore, man. He's mostly around the house, but I know he's, he's playing every day for sure. Mostly acoustic and stuff like that, but... Uh, yeah, he still plays all the time. I think X Man also asked uh, how much for lessons uh, in person. Uh, it's a it depends, man. Just shoot me a message or whatever. Um, we're friends, so I would I wouldn't charge you too much. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have standard rates for lessons and Skype lessons and things that you uh, to general public? I do, yeah. I don't. I don't charge much at all. I, they're not even close to like Brent Mason Rays or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, just if anybody's interested, uh, I am. I am taking new students, so we can work on whatever you want. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I'll post information in the link below about how you can reach Sammy, and we'll also um, you can certainly look them up and, and find them. Um, Buzz Wilson had a question. Didn't Seymour Duncan make a module preamp system back in the eighties? I don't remember. Well, that. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't exactly the same. It was a. It was a head. The convertible head. Duncan convertible head. Seymour Duncan convertible. Really? And it had. It had these little. 
these little tone tweaking little plastic little modules that a tube was in and it would go into the amp and it was at different stages of the amp and it, you could forgot how many there were in the amp, but you could tweak the tone of the amp. Hmm. Same concept. Interesting. Uh, not, not as well thought out. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Duncan, look at Duncan mm-hmm. doing, doing stuff even way back then. That's cool. Oh yeah. I think one of the endorsers, so to speak, or pictured with the amp at least, was Jeff Beck for a little while. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, long. This is early 80s, probably. Seymour has such a long history with Jeff Beck. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's so. one of my favorite guitar players of all time, man. Oh, man, he's amazing. Am I, uh, I wasn't into him so much when I first started playing, but... uh. Um, Al, the guy who owns the studio by by uh, by me, he's like a Jeff Beck nut. So he's the one who got me into him. But uh, what's amazing, what's my favorite thing about him, man, is he's constantly getting better, constantly changing. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't just done the same thing since he started. You know, and like now he plays completely different than uh, like even like Blow by Blow or something like that. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. He really did. You watch? You ever see that Ronnie Scotts? That's that's yeah, that's what got me into him, man. I watched that performance. Wow. Oh, yeah. I saw that and then there was a DVD where he like had a tribute to Les Paul. Yeah. Okay. Which was great too. They did all these Les Paul old Les Paul songs and it just showed the versatility of this guy. You know, you can go from something from like Ronnie Scott's where all his music and then he's doing Les Paul licks. You know, this guy is just amazing guitar player. You can say more with two notes than most yeah. humans can period yeah and never never plays the same thing twice either and his use i mean his use of the trem bar and it's just so unique yeah 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 right. i have to, i love the way he plays man yeah he's very vocal in the way he plays just yeah blow by blow wired love that stuff Mm-hmm. I just got blow by blow on vinyl a couple nights ago, so that's oh, that's, really? what that's what I've been that's what I've been cranking out. Oh man, stuff. gotta yeah. like the vinyl. Yeah, I finally I finally got a vinyl set up out here. So ah, there you go. Yeah, so, seriously. So my wife just asked me what I want for my fiftieth birthday, and I think that might be that might be the setup. I might I might get some vinyl and. Uh, you know, a record player. Yeah, you should. I think I'm going Why to. Why not? It's fun. Yeah. And and then you, then you can just be on the hunt for things online. Just like, oh, click, <laughs> bot, <laughs> click, bot. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. So what, what what have you picked up so far, Sammy? You have a big collection? Nothing, nothing too much yet, man. I, I've been I've been scrounging like the the used record stores around here. So I've been doing. I got blow by blow for like three or four bucks, which is a good find. But uh, that is a good find. I've also been the the one I've really been listening to is a uh, BB King live at the Regal. Have you guys ever listened to that record? Yeah, that's great. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a. I was same kind of thing. Like when I was a kid, I wasn't super into BB King, but uh, oh my god, like that that record. If if you haven't, if anybody's listening, hasn't checked that out. Wow. Just the band, everything, just amazing. That's another guy um, could say so much with so little notes. There, there was a video uh, popping around on the uh, on the internet. I'll send it to you, Mark, after uh, after we get off or whatever. But it's, yeah, I think it's like BB King doing a lesson, like 
it's like a video lesson. Like he did in like the eighties, maybe like early nineties. And he plays, it's just like a one minute clip from that where he plays, he plays over like a, just, I think like a 12 bar or something. And he plays just the most beautiful melodic solo you've ever heard in your life. Hmm. And he's talking through it. He goes, yeah, it's like, this is what I'm doing. This is, and it's just, I'll try and find, I'll send it to you, but it's just amazing. Love to see it. Does solos, doesn't do rhythm. Right. Yeah. Never played a chord his whole career. One of the few. Yeah. No, you know, remember that guitar player I, I showed you, Mike Landau? Great. Yeah. Amazing yeah, too. He, he, he played on a bunch of BB King records. Did he really? He was backing yeah. him up. Yeah. 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 He played all the chords. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's like through well, the 80s and stuff. Well, that was that famous line that we, when they were, he was with you too, right? It was like the Rattle and Hub movie. Yeah. 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 He's like, uh, I don't play chords. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? He doesn't play chords. That's funny. But no, an amazing player. Amazing. Yeah, that's a, 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 new, uh, a new favorite of mine. That's cool. Yeah, he's. I never got a chance to see him. I saw, I saw, I saw him open up for Steve Ray Vaughn. Oh, really? B.B. King was opening for Steve Ray Vaughn, really. That's right. How's that for a bill? <laughs> That's nuts. My uh, my parents used to play back to back with BB King in Atlantic City, like in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom would always joke. She said he'd be he'd be eating like a steak dinner up until like ten seconds before he went on stage, and, th- <laughs> and then and then he'd walk out and go do the gig. Yeah, yeah. I could but, I could never do that. Then, no, me either, man. I'd just be on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, I don't know. I, before gigs, or even before, like when I have to give a presentation for work or anything, I'm I have to like I can't eat anything. You know, like I feel like I don't know. It's maybe it's just me. I that's the last thing I want to have up, up on stage and have to go to the bathroom or something. Yeah, that's that's the worst. That yeah. would be horrible. That would be horrible. So. I couldn't imagine having a steak before a gig. Yeah, <laughs> and especially like literally right until you're walking on. Right. I I once saw um, Buddy Guy, and uh, he was playing guitar in the bathroom. He went to the right. bathroom as <laughs> part of his stick and his gig. It was like, wow. right, yeah, right. <laughs> he come he comes back out. He's he's got his wireless. He's walking down the. I mean, the guy was just he was crazy. <laughs> that's awesome you were talking right. about uh landau backing up uh bb mm-hmm. um a great friend of mine uh his name's rob mcnelly he's a great nashville he's a huge mm-hmm. session player in nashville but he just played on buddy guys he plays rhythm on all buddy guys stuff oh and he said sitting in sessions with him is just like it's like one of his favorite guitar players ever so he's just like freaking out you know just yeah, getting back buddy. up getting the back i love hearing stories like that where guys get to back up their heroes you know mm-hmm amazing well tim pierce just had a uh a video where he was talking about backing up santana doing a lot of he played with where did he play with him on records really yeah yeah he he said that he he had done like three or four albums with him playing Mm -hmm. playing uh acoustic and different rhythm and stuff like that which is really cool that guy's that's another amazing player yeah yeah, amazing. Such an underrated. You know, like people are like, who? Tim Pierce? What? You know? But I, I was like that too before I knew who he was. 
I was like, wow, this guy's a monster guitar player. Really great, yeah. Well, yeah. I turned you on to Mike Landau, so you did, yeah. Like, after, after the Allison Chains show, yeah, yeah, I was I didn't know much about him at all. Yeah, um, but yeah, really amazing. And uh, oh, and by the way, they fired that's Allison Chains fired that sound guy. Did they really? That probably from <laughs> from your recommendation. Obviously. No, I didn't say anything. Really? Oh no, man, no, no. I, I talked to Jerry today. Funny. He was here. Was, is he using a wet dry rig too, Dave? Talking about wet dry rigs. Yes. Well, that's yes. He has delay in one cab. That's okay. So Got one, it. One 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 cab. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So about, he, uh, Sammy got Sammy got to go with me to. I had to do these videos for uh, premier, uh, for um, not Premier Guitar. Sorry uh, for Sweetwater um, in South Bend, Indiana. Uh with Allison Chains with Jerry Cantrell. And so we were doing these rig walkthroughs. We did like three videos in case you guys haven't seen it. Probably most of you guys have seen them. They're great videos. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Sammy was there in the background. Just didn't know it. <laughs> but I, re- I remember standing, I remember standing side stage and both of us, Jerry's playing his cabinets are off to side stage, right? Just in the open air. Right. So you're just standing in front of him, listening to him play through that his rig and you and I were just looking at the cabinets, looking at each other going, Oh shit. That sounds good. <laughs> Dude. One of the, one of the best guitar tones I've ever heard in my life. It's yeah. like sounded amazing. Yeah. And, that's uh, in, that was, it was just incredible. Like, cause his, his cabinets are ISO. They're pointing behind, they're pointing backwards, you know, just mm-hmm. to go straight to front of house. And for it sound check, Dave and I were just standing behind him just going, Oh man, like, Oh man, does that sound good? Oh man, <laughs> I could, I, I could, it's just amazing, man. But that's that's an amazing wet dry rig. Yeah, Mark. that's yeah. Out of out wow. of different rigs I've heard, man. Wow. And he's he's a great player too. Yeah, yeah. He, incredible he's got man. The crazy rhythm riff guy, you know. Mm-hmm. I like when he sings too. Now. Oh yeah, no, he's a great singer. He's he's sung for years though. I mean, like you know. Yeah, there's more of it now, but but he was always an integral part of that sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's he's got great tone. Yeah, hopefully uh, I can get him on. We gotta get should, him, on. man. God, yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, we have this whole story that we have to tell, you know, with him and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you heard about that, Sammy. We um we were involved with getting Jerry. Jerry had a guitar that was stolen from him back in. 2001 i think and um when he was making an album and it was a guitar that was given to him from eddie van halen we were we were we were talking about it in fort wayne yeah i got to play it It was amazing oh you did okay yeah 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 that's cool yeah you heard he he heard the whole story yeah yeah just i just drug him along and then we proceeded to go to two different bars afterwards and one of them was really special yeah, that was insane. <laughs> I don't know one one those. We were at one bar that was pretty nice and it was pretty cool, right? And then so that was closing kind of early, I guess. You know, after the show and uh, it's like twelve or something. And I'm like, okay, well, I think there's another one down here. I don't know what it looks like. We walk in; it's the biggest pit <laughs> that we've like just a pit of all pits, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> 
I liked it. I, I felt like I was back on the road for a second. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the worst, the worst dive in the whole town. Yeah, it was fun though. Yeah, really bad dive and interesting, uh, quirky people, and uh, one guy bartender that I think was just sloshed, drunk. Yeah, smashed out of his head. Smashed, and like you know, everything's in a plastic cup. You know, disposable plastic cup, <laughs> and uh, and then, but we figured. It all made sense. We get two Yingling beers or whatever. Yeah, and it's like four and, bucks. And like it was like four dollars for the two beers. And we're like, oh, <laughs> I see why people are here. It's cheap, right? <laughs> really no, cheap. No frills. Just no. Just your beer. No glass. No, no. <laughs> that was a bit rough though. That one, but yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that wolf, that wolf thing, that was amazing. How were you involved in getting back? You saw it on, you saw it for sale, or no? It wasn't me actually. Um, uh, this guy Tom had contacted me on Facebook, knowing because I do the show with Dave and know. I think he knowing... was here tonight. I think we saw. Yeah, Tom Brino was in the yeah. chat. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so Tom um, had saw he saw online on Facebook someone had posted the Craigslist ad that it was for sale for like six grand, and. He wrote online, he showed me, he was like, man, that looks like the guitar that Jerry Cantrell used to have. And then he contacted me and said, hey, check out this link. And I, I, I was traveling. And by the time I got a chance to look at it, I sent it to Dave. And then Dave was like, no, that's not the guitar. You know, and I'm like, I actually think it is. I'm like, and then Tom did some more digging. And at the end of the day, we were like, yeah, that's definitely the guitar. Um it was just yeah, and, then I, and then I got got a hold of Jerry and I go, hey, did you, you have a guitar missing from blah 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 and this gold and we might know where it is. He's <laughs> like, what? Yeah, he never thought he'd get it back. Yeah, was there a reason, Dave, why he didn't do, didn't include it in the rig rundown? It was. He talked about it. He did. There's, there's three videos. Oh, okay. Maybe I missed it. Because yeah. Tom so Tom had asked that? me, he said, "Oh, do you know why he didn't mention it?" No, no, so. it's it's in it's unless they cut it out. No, no, we did it. We covered it. Okay, I'll okay. check it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll no, I know it. we covered it. Um, but there's three videos too. So, uh, it was either the one with just Jerry, or it was the one with Jerry and I. I think it was Jerry and I. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll yeah. check it out. So. Yeah, that was that was cool to be involved with, and I wrote I wrote a story for it to go on the Van Halen news desk. But I'm just waiting for my buddy Jeff Hausman to publish it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jeff, let's Come go. Come on, Jeff, throw that thing back up on the net. There. Are um, are you involved in that side, Mark? No, no. But I um I used to do another show that was involved, like had an EVH twist to it, and um. So uh, I became. I got to know Jeff Hausman, who, uh, Wait, who hold run. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. An EVH twist. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, so it had an EVH theme. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I meant yeah, and it was an all EVH show basically. Um, and I got to know the guy who know, who runs the Van Halen news desk and the Van Halen store. Oh, nice that's guy. cool. Yeah, good guy, um, but he's real busy, so he's, he said he couldn't get to it. But hopefully, it'll get get posted up on on the page and published. So, um, 
a lot of great oh, pictures, pictures and stuff. Yeah. Oh, someone so. said they cut out the the piece. I don't know why. Hmm. I, that that wasn't. Uh, I don't know why they would have done that, but. Interesting. It's too bad. Well, that makes it even more of an exclusive for us to talk about it on our show. So that's true. One day we'll have to get them on. So they're not touring right now, Dave. No, they're touring. They're touring. Oh, okay. Jerry, Jerry had a couple weeks off, so he was. Oh, I see. He, he was in here discussing a few things with me. I heard. Uh, I heard their new tune on the radio. That one we were digging at the show. Dave. Oh yeah. Yeah, that song is great. You know, the funny thing is everyone slagged that when it first came out. And funny thing is when I saw, when we saw it live, it was like absolutely killer live. The riff is amazing. It yeah, the just, riff in that new tune just, is just sick. It was pounding live. It was, it was, it was just, just like devastating live. So. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I love all their new stuff. I'll have to check yeah, it out. Good. Yeah, Tom Brino says it wasn't in it. Hmm. I thought he talked about it in one of the videos. Man, I remember watching. We, some well, of we it. did. We re- we did record it. We talked. I know. About it. I know you talked about it, but yeah. I think I think they published. It's in one of the videos. I'm almost positive. All right, we'll have to go back and look. Um. Yeah. So it wouldn't be the one with just me. It would be the one with Jerry and I, if it was anything. So, and it wasn't the one with just Jerry. So. Okay. Confusing. Uh, Lots of videos. Question for Dave. Have you ever worked with Eric Cartwright? Um, he also teched for Dickie Betts and ACDC. No. Okay. I haven't. I know the name. I don't think I have, at least. No. Okay. Um, just looking... Uh, Someone wants to talk about the Friedman BE Deluxe X Man, although he just left. So, but <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a deluxe. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> has some extra features. Uh, it's got the Bucks and Betty Clean channel. It has uh, a dirty channel with uh, the BE and HPE in it, where you get two gains, two masters, shared EQ for the dirties. It's got some power amp goodness, like it's got the thump knob and a response knob and a presence knob, so you got some really control over how the overall amp sounds. Um, High-end frequency cut switches, gain structure switches, um, saturation switch. It's got a whole bunch of uh, little gizmos and goodies to make it sound however you want it to sound. I really want to check one out, man. Yeah, I'm sure um, it's just devastating. A buddy of mine just got one. And he's and he he texts me like once a week. It's Jim Becker, <laughs> and he'll be. Like, I found a new setting. <laughs> no, he's he's like this amp is so musical. This amp is magical. This, I mean, literally, I should go through his texts and just read them to you. <laughs> oh, X Men, X Men's still here. Okay. Uh, he, how's the half power thing work? It's a, pen, a pento triode deal. Maybe not. It's cool. It, it maybe not the the best, but it was seemingly the best way to do it on that amp. So the the you know the the lower power mode is a little squishier and a little softer in in texture, but uh, it's quite good. Depends on how you want it to sound. 
Oh, yes. he wants one. He wants one so bad right now. He says. <laughs> Sweetwater.com. <laughs> if they have them. Oh, sold out. They're constantly out. Mm. It's a killer amp. There's no doubt about it. Sold a lot of those since they've come out. A lot. Like shockingly, a lot. Hmm. Amazing. So. So the, was the impetus of that, Dave, just because, you know, like people would complain to you and say, oh, you know, I like I like the BE, but the, you know, but the boost on it's not doesn't have a separate volume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was all sort of things that I um, had been doing custom for people mm-hmm. uh, over time when they asked for, you know, my original concept when I first started doing these amps to make them kind of simple. Right. And, and the original amps were quite simple. It had a simple clean channel on it, which was a one knob clean, like the little guy has, you know, mm-hmm. and it had a, a BE channel and then it had a higher gain input. Um, and, um, but then, you know, oh, I want that foot switchable. Okay. We'll make that foot switchable. And then you start adding on to the house over time. And, uh, you know, and then you realize you need to rebuild the house, <laughs> you know? So hence the BE deluxe, they rebuilt the house. Yeah. It's just packed like full of features, pack full of features, stuff that people wanted and, and people responded to it amazingly well. So. Yep. Yep. It's killer. Amp. Um, and then, yeah. And then we'll, the hundred, hundred is coming. hundred deluxe is coming. Mm. So. That so basically, be, basically the same thing. Yeah, hundred watt version. Maybe one or two little slight differences. So Black Lagoon Tunes wants to know what exactly is a negative feedback in the power amp. Uh, negative feedback. Well, we call it the response control. It's uh, how do how do I explain? How about I explain it really simply? Uh, so you understand it more. Um, uh, so when there is more negative feedback, um, the amp is cleaner. The power section is cleaner and it's a little darker and squishier sounding in nature. If I had to just describe it, um, and as you turn this knob up, what it does is it becomes more forward, more in your face, and brighter and punchier. Um, so as it has less negative feedback technically, it then becomes brighter and punchier, and the gain of the power section is actually louder. Um, as you turn it down, you're saying? As you turn it up. Oh, as you turn it up, okay. So, wow, which is okay. actually less. Technically, that's less negative feedback. So. <laughs> Wrapping my head around that one. Yeah, I as know. A- how about I? How about I just describe it as sound? So down low, it's darker and squishier and softer. As you turn it up, it's brighter and punchier. Hmm. Okay. So if I just describe it that way, you're better off. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, just listen. Just turn the knob and listen. So it's a really, really useful feature, actually, depending, you know, because if you have, let's say, let's say you're going to use your eight string like you like you're using Sammy and stuff sometimes. 
uh, if you have a tuned down guitar with like really low strings, sometimes you need the amp to be a lot brighter and a lot punchier in general right. to cut through those big heavy strings. And it's really useful when it, when it comes to that. Just so is the presence knob too, just kind of pushing it harder. And, uh, and then it just pops, you know. Wow, that's a, that's a really good tip. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, even on the uh, even uh, even on a regular amp, the the presence knob, like especially on low tuned guitars, if you just turn it up, turn it up, you know, it's like you get up three quarters or something with those low tuned guitars, and all of a sudden the amp's really just growling at you. That's that's one thing I've noticed with tracking that eight string man. Yeah. It's like almost like use the presence more as like the gain. You know what I mean? Like turn the gain back a little bit. And yeah, have the presence make up for it. Yeah, and you don't need as much gain either, too, the heavier guitars, because you want it to cut more. You want it to be super heavy and cut a lot. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, to turn off some of that stuff and get it more cutting. Yeah, no doubt. But, yeah, the Beat 100 works with that guitar amazing, especially for tracking. Mm. Hey, Tom Abraham's here. Hi, I think Tom. T- I think Tim Pierce is on, too, which is amazing. That's a different Tim Pierce. Oh, okay. Well, it's still Tim, amazing. That's a, that's our regular user, Timothy Pierce. Ah, What's there up? you go. What's up, Timothy Tom, Pierce? Tom Abraham, how are you? Tom, you'll be happy to know that Alice fired that's fired uh, the sound guy. <laughs> well, you might I, already know that. Now I need to know what the backstory is on that. Um, it's not much of a backstory. It's it's just that Tom Tom was Alice's sound guy for years. And Tom's an amazing uh, uh, live mix engineer. Like, not really much better than him. It's so, uh, it's he's as good as it gets. <laughs> Maybe there's some equals, but he's one of the, my favorites. And uh, and so I saw Alice a million times with Tom mixing, and they were incredible. That's awesome. And then this last time I saw them, there was no Tom and there was no heritage left from Tom, like as in programs or anything on the board. And it was not uh, as much to my liking, shall we say. Mm. Yeah. So. And then funny, Jerry told me today, guys, oh, yeah, we let him go. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, okay. Time to find someone new. Yeah. So yeah. You can never yeah, under, never underestimate the uh, power of the sound guy, man. It's for damn sure. Oh, my God, no. No, 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 no. Hey, um, did you see that video that Pete came out with just the other day or yesterday uh, about that Wilkinson bridge? That he, that he has on his guitar? I know about the bridge because it's been a prototype bridge on his guitar for um, forever. Okay. So I, I but was I didn't like, see the video. Okay. That's what you know about the bridge. Mm-hmm. Looks super cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if, it, if it's becoming a real product, then it's, it's super cool. I said, it works great. I mean, that guitar doesn't go out of tune. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Sammy, if you have checked it out, but um, I'll send you the link to it. Uh, Pete did a video recently. It's uh, it's up on his page about what's the deal with uh, my bridge on my signature guitar that he has. And um, did you see, did you see that? No, but I saw some people talking about the bridge on his guitar. So 
Yeah. What, what is it? Is that, it's a Wilkinson, you said? It's a Wilkinson bridge. And uh, basically, it's got it's a regular two point like fender style bridge, but it has these uh, little screws up on top that lock the strings down. Wow. So, okay. So, so it's a locking a locking me- mechanism on the strings. I think it's like a little Allen key that just locks onto the strings. Um, I said yeah, it's, quite, it's quite simple. It's but it, but it worked really well. I mean, Pete showed it to me, and you know, like he's like, "Watch this," <laughs> hammering on it, and it's like, "Cling!" Still in tune. Where 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 is the locking mechanism? Is it actually it's actually on the bridge? It's not on the nut. Uh, yeah, it's, no, 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 no locking nut. It's locking, locking tuners. tuners. Wow. Okay. And the bridge has these. You'll see, it's just like these tiny little Allen screws or uh, whatever, and they They've just lock the string to the saddle, yeah. basically. Yeah. So wow. I sent it to a friend, and he was like, "He's like, oh, that looks similar to another product that they used to have, which was like a retrofit onto Fender saddles that would lock the saddles down or something like that." Yeah, that huh. I think okay. existed at one point in time. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. I'd love to check one of those out, man. I haven't really messed with any like. Any locking system other than a Floyd. Um, I don't know if you guys have any recommendations for that, you know, like playing like a Strat style guitar without a locking, you know, with a fl- other than a Floyd. Once uh, it's in, you know. Yeah, I mean, other, other, there's not much. Um, there's not really much out there. Um, if they come out with this thing. If they come out with that, that one would be great. Other than that, the, I mean, the Goto 510 bridges is what we use. Okay. Two post bridge, a really steel block, really good bridge. Again, it it'll only it stay in tune so well, but it 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 does stay in tune relatively well. Okay. So one thing that I I had a question, and maybe you guys know the answer to this, um, and it's probably an Eddie thing also, but just when you have a when you have a Fender old style Fender bridge, even the six post Fender mm-hmm. style bridge. Um, and if you know, and you, you go to use that, and you, you know, you whammy on it too hard, it's obviously going to go out of tune. Is it best to leave that bridge slightly floating so you can whip it back a little bit and get yes. it back in tune? Get it back in tune. Yes, ideally, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Why? Why is that, Dave? Well, because a lot of times the strings go flat, and and if you can, and if you can whip it, pull pull the strings. It's, they generally just caught somewhere. If you can pull them back. Or even a lot of times, real good strap players can will even you'll see them live even pull the string with their finger and stuff. And get it back and, into where it's and knock be, yeah. it back in tune or relatively close. Um, you know, there's a lot of tricks for setting up a regular trim fender trim to somewhat stay in tune. It's never perfect. Mm. Yeah, I found that having it slightly floating, just a little bit like yeah. just so you can yank it back a little. Yeah, just kind of just go and boom, you're you're back in tune. Yeah, because yeah, most likely it's going to get caught in the nut. If you have locking tuners, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to get caught in the nut or where the string slackens in the bridge itself. You know, they, it slackens and then kind of comes out of the holes in the bridge and then kind of pops back. So the ball never sits exactly the same way. Where it was, yeah. Where it was. You know, the funny thing is years ago, Fender kind of had a solution for that, the Fender bullet strings. Mm-hmm. And uh, because they were, they were, uh, you know, there wasn't a ball. It was a square little round cylindrical uh, little piece of metal. 
and um, on the end of the string, like kind of cast almost. And if you think about that, it's like the it never sits itself weird in the bridge. It was designed for the tremolos. It never unseats itself and sits itself in a different spot. It kind of sits always the same. Mm. That's pretty cool. But they don't make those anymore. They don't. Huh. <laughs> nope. Um, for me, I've always I've always blocked my Floyd man, so you just can't pull back on it. Um, at some point, I'd love to have a guitar with full floating, you know. But yeah, just different with being on the road, man, I, I've never like even tried to keep one of those in tune. Going from different, you know, different climates and stuff, and bouncing around right. in a trailer, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. But the blocking thing's been a good solution for me. Yeah. Did you use like a trim stopper kind of thing? I I just put a chunk of wood in there. Oh, do you? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I use a I use a Eddie uh, detuner too. Okay, so, yeah. To use one of those, exactly. you have to have it blocked, or else it exactly. Work. Yeah, I, I like using those too. So, yeah, you definitely have to. They don't work as great if you have it in E flat. Oh, really? That's that's how I use mine. It's all right. You have to adjust it. Um, there's like that little really small Allen on the side mm-hmm. of it where you can kind of adjust how far it goes in and out. Mm-hmm. But I've got mine to you work pretty well. It, adjust it, and it has set it up a certain way to begin with. Right, yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but it is cool pulling that thing when you're on stage and not having to unlock the the fucking nut. Yep. So mm-hmm. it, it comes in handy, but you usually have to readjust a little bit anyway, just on the Allen or on the uh, fine tuner. The fine tuner, yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of um, Floyd's, I did. I talked to Floyd. I told you that day, right? Uh, yes, you did. Yeah. So Eventually. we're hoping to have Floyd Rose on the show one day. That would be awesome. That would be really cool. That would be epic. So just talking to him was like, I'm like, Floyd Rose? <laughs> you know, like, what? He's nice. Super nice guy. Yeah, super nice guy. Very nice guy. Yeah. And yeah. And so hopefully we'll be able to get him on the show. That'll be awesome. Um, the stories he can tell. So um, I only have one guitar that has a floating bridge. So it's it's fun to use, but I mean, how often do you really do you play a lot? You know, have you ever played with the floating bridge and like that kind of style? Uh, I've, I've experimented with it. Um, live, I don't really think I ever have. No. Um, it's interesting. I have a buddy who does, who does it really well. He uses the bar kind of like for vibrato and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and when, when players can do that well, like using a Floyd for the vibrato, like on individual notes, I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's something I, I feel like I'd, uh, if I got used to it and then switched back to having a, just a blocked tremolo, it might be kind of a weird transition, you know? Because once you get once you get used to something like that, it's it's hard to go back, you know. But I don't know. I mean, I'm, it's not like I, I'm missing it by any means. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, how you doing on time, Sammy? You all right? I'm good. Yeah, I might go grab a beer. You guys want anything? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you go to my fridge and get me one too? <laughs> yeah, give me like two minutes. Is that cool? Yeah, go for it. All right, cool. Well, I might leave you too, Mark, for a second. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Like you can just talk to yourself with everyone. <laughs> Hang on. I'll look for questions. Um, what do you guys think of the Tremel No? I've not, I've not heard of that. 
Um, who makes that, Anthony? The Tremel No. Um, yes, uh, Timothy. I also use the Fu Tone mods. Uh, yeah. So R two R three locking nut Floyd Roson would be epic. It yeah he would that would be amazing. Um, hopefully that'll happen. I'm definitely working on it. Um, yeah, a lot of people work, you know, experiment with the the trims, especially on fenders, uh, as Biggins says. It's a it's a big problem. That's why Floyd came out with his great product. What'd you get, Dave? What do we got here? Delirium nocturum with the pink elephant. Holy crap! What is that? It's another Belgian ale. Really? Wow! I'm a fan of Belgian ales. All, all of them have eight point, you know, eight eight percent or higher liquor content, though. Like drinking a bottle of wine. <clears throat> wow, that, that is kind of expensive. Um, Jim Flanagan, are the Fu Tone mods really worth it? Um, so, Good in question. my opinion, yeah, in my opinion, um, first of all, you can get the same parts at Fu Tone. You can get them at Floyd. Uh, they Floyd sells big blocks. They sell the the screws. They sell all that stuff too. So you can you can get all that stuff from Floyd or from Fu Tone. Um, I like I like the big block. I think the big block definitely helps the tone of the guitar. Uh, at least for me, with a Floyd, I like a big block, big brass block on it. And um, I, I think some of the stuff works. Yes, I think it de- it definitely helps. I don't know, Dave. What do you think? Like a big brass block, and you Floyd. know what? To be honest, I've never changed a Floyd block in my life. I haven't either. I've used the standard one forever, and I, I don't know. I never felt I didn't never overwhelmingly thought I needed to change it. So I've, I've heard I've heard a lot of good stuff about the uh, Fu Tone stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm sure it changes it. And I'm sure it's quite good. And depending on your guitar, it might be better or worse. Or that's a great point because it can depending on the guitar. Yeah, I had a guitar that I put in. So they sell not only the brass block, but they also have these these inserts also for mm-hmm. the for the Floyd. You know, the little blocks that go in the saddles. Um, you can get those in titanium or brass so i got the brass ones and put them in there and the guitar became way too bright really yeah. it, cha- I mean, it changed it that much yeah there's i'm not a titanium like like there's a lot of replacement saddles out there for tellies or, or strats that are titanium and i don't like them generally speaking uh they become very bright just not just doesn't seem right I mean, I guess it, I guess it's all what you start with to begin with, you know. Right. But, um, um, at least on guitars, yeah. Of course, I don't like stainless steel frets either, but you know, a lot of people do. So, I like them. They feel good. Yeah, it's easier to bend. Yeah. You don't have to worry good. about anywhere. There's some other fret alloys that you can use too that that other people use too that they make. Um, that are also hard like that, but not quite the stainless thing. Hmm. I can definitely hear the pinging, though. That 
stainless steel. I don't know that there's, I've heard it before when you're playing and you kind of hear that, that little noise, you know what I'm talking about? Dave? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the, that's what people complain about that really don't like the, the stainless frets. They don't like that tone. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sammy? Have you played with stainless? I don't, I don't think I've ever played a guitar with what are, what are some common, uh, just kind of like, uh, EVH brand guitars have stainless. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of the new EVH uh, guitars too much, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I, I don't I don't think I have. I mean, it's obviously a great idea, like not having the frets where I like like I've I've dealt with frets wearing out, you know. So I mean, yeah, obviously, you yeah. totally totally you get rid of that. Yours? I've ha- I've had them uh, uh, leveled. I've had to have my my black guitar leveled several times. Yeah, so you mostly you'll be mostly coming, from you'll be coming from to a refret in the near future. I I think so. I know the last time my buddy uh, my buddy who built that eight string guitar that I use uh, he always he works on my guitar for me and uh, he told me they're getting kind of low. He said next time you just got to do a refret, bro. Yeah. But uh, so that's that's actually good advice. So you you can hear the difference with stainless steel frets. Yes, on the fretted notes. Now obviously okay. not open. Okay. Same, same open, but you said there's like a there's like a pinging. It's a little bit of a pinging kind of quality to them. They're, they're such a hard metal. Um, you know, it's, and, and there's no friction. It feels like it's butter. Really? Which all of that, that's positive. That's cool. Yeah. But if you're not used to it, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's something to it. I, but, you, know, you know, if your guy's really hard, like on your frets, like some guys are super hard on their frets. So that, you know, it, it makes sense to, for them to go stainless. I think, uh, Tom Pellerito changed uh, Dave Black's frets to not stainless, but it's the other hard, hardened metal fret. I forgot the name of it off the top of my head. Um, and uh, and he, he likes them fine. They're, Tom, Tom's an amazing luthier, man. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's always done Dave's stuff for as long, far back as they can imagine. So That's cool. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the shit. He's really good. Dang I saw the fret job he did on his on the Friedman guitar. I'm like, wow, that's really nice. <laughs> he refret he refretted the Friedman guitar. He refretted the Friedman be- guitar because he likes 6100 frets or that size fret. And the fret wire we used, although was equivalent to 6100, it was a Jeskar fret, was ever so slightly smaller. And he wanted the the jumbo thing, so the first thing he did was took it to him and refretted it. He noticed that. Wow. Yeah, he noticed that. So he also shaved down the neck and did a whole bunch of shit to to make it his own. So <laughs> Dave Black's so cool, man. That's, the that's fucking super, awesome. The, the neck is super skinny now. It's like totally a different kind of feel. It feels great though. It's cool. I mean, for that kind of neck. Mm-hmm. That's killer. So, he made it his own. Yeah, basically. You know, broke it in, broke it in, and you know, made it cool. That's cool. I'm yeah. more of a, I'm more of a small fret type of type of guy too. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm not. I'm 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 one of those players that where I'll, I'll play whatever. You know, I'm not like too picky, but for my own, like for my Les Paul, it's especially now since I've had it uh, uh, Level. leveled it a couple times. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty small frets now, but. Yeah, it's interesting because I I think on the 
And I wonder if Ed went this way on the, on his Wolfgangs because he used vintage fret wire on the stainless steel. Yeah, so that was my theory. So yes, so on the Wolfgangs, the at least the American ones, correct? Yeah. Um, it's a small fret wire. It's like a fender size fret wire, small. And but really, it dawned on me one day, and I'm sitting here playing the guitar that I have of his. It kind of dawned on me one day, and I go, I get it. It's E flat with nine gauge strings. Okay, if you have really high frets, you're going to be, if you, and if you fret hard at all, you're going to be bending it right out of tune. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It, it, it actually makes sense to have the smaller frets with E flat. And, you know, and the kind of stuff he does. Also, like, his touch is hard, but it's not. Like, ultra, ultra hard. Well, his touch is hard, but it's it's seemingly hard for the strings that he's playing. Okay. But it's not as hard as some people play because, uh, obviously, if you take E-flat at nine-gauge strings and you smack an E-string hard, what happens? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it doesn't, you know, you have to play it just hard enough where it doesn't do that. So Yeah. It's will, hard for those strings. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say I'm not. A, I've played a couple of like the higher end, like USA Wolfgangs, mm-hmm. and they sound, I mean, they sound incredible. I mean, really great guitars. I actually, I have an old PV Wolfgang, like an old Wolfgang special, and that's yeah. that's one of my favorite guitars I've ever owned. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. I actually, I really love the neck on that thing, man. It's tiny. It's just like, you just go nuts on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, what what guitar do you have of his now, Dave? Like a, a newer Wolfgang? Hang up. Go grab it. Let's go. Yeah, this is a special one. I wish I had it. There we go. Oh, dude, that's sick. So this is that's the Wolfgang. This was one of the first import ones. The Japanese made ones. Which, oh, weren't wow. very, which weren't made very long. Small frets, and then it's signed in the back. No. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Thanks for always being there. Yeah. It's signed, and that's in the paint. They clear-coated over it. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's never coming off. Oh, that's killer. That so yeah. cool. And that's a really good one. I actually I had my choice. I actually picked the flat-top guitar. Instead, at instead the time, of, they had the USA arch topped, and the Japanese one. Mm-hmm. And so, this is a Japanese one technically, but it was put together by Chip Ellis. So, so it's kind of not entirely out of the box, so to speak. Right. Yeah, it's a cool one. That's super cool. And the Japanese ones didn't last very long. They didn't have them very long. I yeah, got I got to try that thing uh, the next time I'm, I'm out there, man. That, that oh, it's cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, that's got to be cool. I don't really, I don't play it very much, but it's it's cool. It looked like it had some uh, fretware on the board there, or is that yeah. just the is that the bird's eye maple? No, that's fretware. I did play it. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing it. Well, you know, here's the thing that the the, the fretboards can really get easily that way around the shop because. Um, Never is picking up guitars. <laughs> well, we're just working on amps, 
and our hands get dirty and then we just grab a guitar to test them and stuff. And so, you know, God, the shop guitars are a disaster generally. <laughs> you know, it's I was gonna say it looked like it's and then and they never they never get restrung until the string breaks. <laughs> 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 or until it's like, all right, I've had it. I gotta restring this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's starting to look rusty. Like, yeah, get get a little crusty. Dan Pfeiffer wants to know what's the marshal behind Dave on the floor? Which one? Uh, the one that's sitting this way? That's Mark's. I was going to say, that looks like mine. That's, that's his, reissue 50. Then there's another JMP of some era over here. Then I have a whole ton of other ones over to the right, which you can't see. Oh, yeah, and there's another one back there I can see and like peeking out. Dude, they're everywhere. They multiply <laughs> flies around here. You know, there's a couple really cool ones back here, too. I got one of Doug Aldridge's over, over here and um, a couple from Van Halen. No. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah, no, yeah. Yep. Man. I just got very quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the group chat went silent too. Mark, 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 Mark's like, Mark's like, I'm coming over. <laughs> exactly. I'm getting on the plane. I'm flying out there right now. I just Dave, when's, la- when's the last time you spoke to him, man? I'm uh, not for a little while. I don't know. Yeah. Spoken in person, like maybe last right last tour, end of last tour. Okay. Um. Might have texted him some point in time, in between them. You talk, <laughs> but you talk to Matt Brock a lot, though. I right? talked to Matt. Yeah, he he works with him. Or... Matt Matt is his uh, long time. Well, technically, he is his uh, personal manager now, okay. but uh, he was his longtime sort of tech assistant stuff, and then slowly became integral part of the organization. So very cool. He handles like a day-to-day business for EVH amplifiers and stuff and and all the other products and things that are going on. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to say hi to uh two of our moderators tonight. Um the Guitar Guru Network, Keith Bears. Hey buddy. Um, hey, Keith. He, he asked Keith? our wait, before you go on, Keith, mm-hmm. thank you again. You'll understand. Cool. Keith Keith bought us a very nice dinner, and uh, thank you again. Oh, nice! And while we we're in Nashville. Ah, I'm so sorry I missed that. I wish I could have been there. Um, Keith's a good guy. So he asked if we're going to be on Mondays from now on, and I said, should we? I said no. <laughs> should we be? You think? I don't know. Is Monday's a better be, is Monday a better night for you guys than Fridays? Probably. It, you know what? It's an interesting question. It's an interesting question. I mean, I would think it would be because most people aren't going out on Monday nights, generally speaking. So if you want to catch it live, it probably is better better choice than a Friday. Um but yeah, it could be. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't I mean, think we didn't think about it much. We just couldn't book Sammy on a Friday. He had a gig. Yeah, I, I wanted to do Friday. I was playing Friday. Yeah, he had a so gig. I'd love to do it. 
uh, Jim Flanagan wrote, yes, we play shows on Fridays. Hmm. Yeah, see? Maybe. Someone wrote, no, Friday is better because work on Tuesday. Mondays are cool. Less Monday gigs. Mondays are cool. All right, we'll have to think about it. I get that's the that was the original thought with Friday because we go on late and then nobody has to work the next day. Okay. Or most that's, people. That's, that's understandable too. Yeah. So, um, well, just whatever you know, it, our day is a little floating. So, you know, we don't necessarily have uh, you know every two weeks. Sometimes gets moved around a little bit too, um, just because of scheduling or. We can't get a guest or, you know, or something, you know. Right. We kind of floated around a little bit. I love what Buzz Wilson wrote. I pretty much plan my life around tone talk, so any night is fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That is great. (laughs) I love that, man. And and with the wives, we're the most hated. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> totally my my wife's probably wondering when's when am i coming to bed um oh, what's new I hope she's used to that right yeah, she is she is <laughs> especially with the show that's for sure um we are musicians we stay up late that's for that's true yeah that's yeah, totally that's true, true. so you know it's like you know the only the only times i really don't want to do it is sunday because sunday is like the although it might be the best day is the one day I want to take off. Right. You just want to do nothing. I, I, I do nothing on Sunday. I just yeah. I try, I try to do nothing. I don't blame you. What do you want to do today? Nothing. I want to watch a little TV. I want to maybe go swimming in the pool. I want to do nothing. <laughs> exactly. Trust me. The other six days a week. Well, you know what? I still answer emails on Sunday, though. So I'm doing something. You're always answering email, man. Always. Always. Yeah, I'll be answering emails while Sammy and I are out drinking at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For a second. Yeah, one sec. My effects loop's broken. Yeah, my effects loop doesn't work. Okay, well, unplug the cables. Do you get sound? Yeah. Okay, it's not your effects loop. Yeah, and then while you're trying to answer, I'll, I'll ask a uh, just a compl- completely unrelated thing. Like, yo, so like the switches on the front. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, why why doesn't my effects loop work on my dirty Shirley? Um, I can't get it to work no matter what. Did you turn the effects loop switch on? Mm. There's an effects loop switch. <laughs> I, I I had that exact. It's so funny. Uh, this that's happened, you know. I've had a few. I've had a few good ones, but you know, hey, people just make mistakes and stuff. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I did that with Her- with um, uh, Howard Kaplan from e- Oh from yes, Fender. The the, the effects loop switch. Uh, oh yeah, you told me that. Yeah. Uh, so- sorry, my 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 story had nothing related to yours. I was thinking <laughs> about that. I was. But I, uh, Sammy, so I I um I got that EVH head. Is that that's the one behind you? Yeah, I was trying to ask yeah. what that was. Yeah, that's is that a fifty watt? That's a fifty watt. Yeah, cool. I want to try one of those, man. They're great. The white one, the old white ones with the six L six. I had actually gotten the um, the newer one, the EL thirty four model. Okay, I ended up selling it. I I wasn't as happy with that model. the The six L six model is better in my opinion. Um, but 
so I got I got the EL34, which is the same setup as this with the same foot pedal. And I'm like, I can't get the effects loop to work for the life of me. I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. I call a friend. He's like, I don't know. You know, I even, I think I had a friend come over and was checking it out or I, whatever. Anyway, I ended up calling, I contacted Howard Kaplan from EVH. Yeah. And he's like, did you press the switch on the foot pedal for the effects loop? Oh, you have to, you have to hit it on the, on the actual foot switch. Yeah. There's a foot switch. It says effects. Got it. Okay. I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> there it is. You're like, oh my god. <laughs> yes. It's like bang oh. my head against the table. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's okay, man. I sometimes like sometimes when I'm working, like like I cut a lot of demos and stuff at home just using Logic just on my computer, and I I bang my head against the wall. I'm like, why is this doing this? Why is it not? Why am I not getting sound? Why oh, I didn't getting... plug the guitar in. It's literally that, yeah. Or oh fuck, my tuner is still on. I'm right. an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah, I don't feel bad about that, man. Yeah, I've got I, it. I've, I've got... had it. I've had. I've had. I have had stuff over the years, like guitar tap. I remember one time, and it was with George Pahone. He was playing with the Black Eyed Peas at the time. They were doing some sort of video or some sort of live video thing or something. And he calls me and he's like, my rig isn't working. It's not, it won't switch. Nothing will switch. Nothing will nothing do it. I'm like, can you, is there any way you can come down? And this is like, I'm about to start a barbecue and it's on a Sunday. And like literally there's people over and it's on a Sunday and I'm like, really? <laughs> all right, all right, I'll come down. I have to drive all the way, like, it was like past LAX uh, for me. So it was like an hour, hour away drive, at least. And um, somewhere near the, near the beach, and I get there. I look at it and I see the foot pedal and I'm like pressing the button. I go, yeah, it lights up and doesn't work. Then it's a ground control MIDI pedal. And then I look in the back. There's a mark with a piece of tape and on, on the, on the MIDI cable, there's another mark with a piece of tape and it's spun a little bit to the side. I pull out the MIDI cable and on the unit, there's a seven pin MIDI cable but it's a five pin cable. So you can physically turn it one pin off. So I literally unplugged it, plugged it back in, went click, click, click. I go, there you go. I'm looking at the guitar tech fixed. I drove and, you know, an hour there, hour back on a Sunday because the guitar tech had plugged the MIDI cable in improperly. Improperly, <laughs> yeah. It's and, always something like and that. And it's marked. I literally a piece of tape with a line and a piece of tape with a line. Line up the two lines. <laughs> sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, I, I, I was calling George like, I go, you know what it was? <laughs> what did you say? No, what? Your tech plugged the mini cable in backwards, and I had to drive all the way down there and back. It's Brutal. okay; they got a big bill. 
for unplugging no, a table and plugging it back literally, in. Literally, yeah. that was a bill from the time I left to the time I got back. You know, and it was oh, and and I charged overtime. This was, on a was on a Sunday. You know what that reminds me of? I I literally saw this today. I'm just like, if you're that stupid, I'm going to charge you that much money. Dave, I'm totally I, – I mean, it's ironic that I saw this today. It was about a ship. It was about a ship that uh, the engine couldn't work, right? Uh-huh. And the owners of the ship had brought in all these mechanics. They could not figure out for the life of them why the ship wasn't working, why the engine wasn't working. They finally brought in this local guy who was like an expert, whatever. He comes in. He breaks out. He looks at the thing for a minute, whatever. They're all looking at him. He takes a hammer and he taps on this one area. The engine starts working and he leaves. And they get his bill and it's like for $15,000. And they dispute. They write him back and they said, why is the bill so high? Can you give us an itemized description, you know, an itemized bill of what you did? And he basically wrote, um, hammer, you know, hammering was like, you know, $100. And the rest of the bill was my knowledge and skill. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, which is like, go ahead, find somebody yeah. else who's going to be able to figure that out. Yeah, you already had a bunch of guys try to figure it out, and you couldn't right. figure it out. Right. So that's why and the bill was was very high because I'm the only guy who can figure it out. There I it used is. To have, yeah. I used to have a Mercedes uh, for a while, an older Mercedes, and I used to take it to this one Mercedes mechanic, this kind of independent guy. And he would he was an older guy that worked on these cars for years, and he he was great. And unbelievable. I could di- just diagnose it right away, you know, like boom. And same kind of idea, right? And uh, he goes, Yeah, you know, the dealerships bring me cars because they can't fix them. Mm-hmm. Really? You know, they have no idea how to fix it. Hmm. And it's, and he goes, And it's because it's like all the dealership mechanics are just young mechanics. They haven't had a lot of years' experience. They're like fresh out of school with no practical experience, mm. and and they go, they don't, they can't, they just can't fix it. And <laughs> and he goes, it takes years and years and years of knowledge to know what's wrong. You know, to I, see I it know. over, to see it over and over and over again. You know, and you you, you learn. It's just that way with amps too, and it's that way with rig building and stuff and, and things like that. It's like, oh yeah, those two things aren't going to play well nice with each other. I, how do you know that? Trust me. Just trust me. Yeah. Just trust me. I've already gone down this road. I know what to do to fix it, and I know how to do it. <laughs> have, have you ever been? Have you ever been in a situation where it's just you could not, could not get it working, couldn't get it, couldn't no. figure. No, yeah, I was about to say. No, I don't think so. Not, 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 not at this point. Maybe, maybe early on in your career or something, you know. Yeah. But uh, not at this point. No, there's always there's always a solution. Just right. how elaborate that solution might get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, yeah. Which sometimes, yeah, you know. Yeah, hammer. That's also known as the uh, impact adjustment. <laughs> the hammer. <laughs> it's an impact adjustment. There you go. <laughs> The transformer had a bent transformer. How'd you fix it? Oh, well, it was in, impact adjustment. It made an impact adjustment. It was all good. <laughs> you don't want to see what the impact adjustment was, but. Yeah, you don't want to see me doing it. 
Yeah, that was great. Be doing it, but yeah, it's it's like when it's a, if a transformer is bent and the the legs are bent a little bit from shipping or something, it happens quite frequently with amps. It's like, well, bending it back, yeah. Well, you know, take the tubes out. You can literally take the transformer. You take the amp chassis with the transformer on its side, and you're banging it on the bench as hard as you can, and the transformer just bends right back into shape. <laughs> Amazing. It's fine, you know. You, of course, then you're going to put the tubes back in, and then, you know, go through the amp to make sure everything's solid, you know. But you know, it's impact adjustment. That's <laughs> awesome. I'm going to use that quote from now on. Um, yeah, that, that's you, the fancy way to say I fucking hit it as hard as I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I know you addressed this before, Dave. Woody Garcia asked, Hey, Dave, when is the Mike No More coming out and how much will it cost? Mike No More is a, a couple months it'll be out. And don't quote me exactly, but I think we're going to try to put it out at a low cost. 99 bucks, I think. Mm. That could slightly change, but I think we're trying shooting for 99 bucks. Oh, very nice. That's It'll cool. be affordable. We just uh, thought we'd make that one really affordable. So cool. That's great. Um, Jim Becker yeah, there, just got. Okay, there was so. a question in here. I saw that someone was. What's the difference between that? I was. Uh, I'm not going to find the who it was now, but they asked what was the difference between a isolated power supply and having like individual one spot power supplies for every pedal. Oh yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. Same same concept. That would be an isolated power supply. Uh although the the one spot little brick, the little one spot adapter, don't use that ever. You can use if you want to use their you can use their bigger power supplies. Those are great. They're fine. But the one spot adapter actually has a little bit of uh switching power supply noise, a little bit of buzz that can inject into your sound. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest thing. I mean, I, I think their other products are really good. I think the CS12 power supply, the CS7 power supply are all really good power supplies. I've used those in built rig builds. They're fantastic. But the one spot still has that problem, unless they've addressed that and fixed it recently. Um, better not to use that. Yeah, I, I'd recommend using ISO power as much as you can too, man. Yeah. Especially yeah, isolated power supply is the only way to go. Get Friedman one or yeah. one of the other ones I mentioned, or you know, depends on what your needs are. Yeah, especially if you're playing like like me, I've played a lot of grimy clubs, you know, over the past few years, man. If you have a place where you're playing dirty power and you try to use a one spot, man, it's just like brutal. Yeah, just all noise. Yep. But again, their their bigger their bigger power supplies are quite good, so. There's no issues with them. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, actually, Brian Wampler had done a video about that, which was really compelling. <laughs> if you want to yeah, check the, out the, the boss, the boss adapters that are also a switching power supply that you can buy, the standard PS series power supplies that they make, um, those are perfect. If you need a single adapter, just buy the boss one. Hmm. The boss one's good. Oh, that's yeah. good enough. Yeah. If you just need a single adapter and you just need, you know. Uh, for one pedal or whatever, the boss one's dead silent. It works perfectly. I talked to Yoshi about that. He goes, yeah, that, that was – he had it made custom to do that. <laughs> hmm. 
He's a good guy. Oh, yeah. Um, three score 10 has a question for you, Sammy. When, uh, what did you think of, of the machine shop since you jammed there? Oh man. Uh, my band kind of like grew up playing there, man. That's a, that's a really, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, or hasn't heard of that club, that's a, that's a really famous rock club in Flint, uh, Flint, Michigan. Um, it's just, it's one of those clubs where a lot of, a lot of bands play it on the way up, you know? Um, and, uh, the club owner was super cool to us um, before we put our record out. He'd put us on all the shows, like opening up for the bigger bands that were coming through, you know? And uh, I, that's one of my favorite places to play in the whole world, man. Everybody's cool. The owner, Kevin's great. All the bartenders, everything, man. Just awesome. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a bucket list place for a lot of people, man. People travel from all over to go to that club. And it's in Detroit? Uh, it's in Flint. Michigan, okay. so about about an hour outside of Detroit. Very cool. Um, there was another question that I had for Dave. Oh uh, no, I lost it. Oh well. Um, yeah, there might have been some other ones too that I, I'm kind of looking through the chat right now and trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm moving through it myself. So someone wants to know what yes, the Mike Sammy, No More is. Mike No More is the same uh, speaker emulation circuit out of our Runt series amps. Um, um, cabinet emulator box, DI box. So you don't have to mic up your amp, essentially. You still need to have it plugged through a cabinet, though. That was L. Scott Music. Yeah. Um, Justin Espinoza, has Sammy played one of your G-type guitars? Or your G type. I think he's talking the solids, the the set neck guitars. I I haven't had did, Dave. You were just telling me about them though. I'd love to try one. Yeah, this Nam, you'll try it. Yeah, that'd be sick. What were they I've, called again? The Type D. The what? The oh. no, it's Metro D. Metro D. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the name of it. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Metro Detroit. Oh, perfect, baby. That's where it came from. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love all the guitars you have out, man. The ones I played at Nam, the ones I've, I've tried around here, man, all all great. I, I've never played a set neck one though. You haven't put any set neck out. They're just yet, they're right? just like creeping into the stores, and and you know Marty's super slow at getting stuff. So <laughs> that's cool. He was we're the first to, one to have. We're Friedman trying to fix that, Detroit, though. Yeah, no doubt. We're, try, we're trying to fix that. So, um. We're trying to do a, a nice display there for all the Friedman stuff. So with a, with a little background story and everything between the two of us and that'd be great. all that kind of stuff. That'd be, that'd be really good. Yeah. Of course I'm going to have to, uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do to make it have to have to make it happen. You know, you know how that is around <laughs> there, right? It's like, do I have to fly out and do it myself? And <laughs> <laughs> just put it all together. <laughs> yeah. Put it all together. Man. Correct. Or I'll pay you and Dave Black to go out there and set it all up. This is set the rig up. Yeah. Yeah. Here. This is what I'm envisioning. Just put it in that spot and like tell them, you know, and lock it down. I'm that is my favorite music store, man. That one night we were up there and he was bringing down some of the vintage stuff that he's got. Oh yeah. Yeah. For anybody oh. watching Motor City Guitar in Detroit, there's just like 
this unbelievable, not only an unbelievable amount of stock, but Marty's has got an amazing collection of like, um, like I'm just a vintage gear nut. So like some of the stuff he has is just like, oh my God. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And, and often, often it's the kind of old school store where, where like in the corner, back in the way corner underneath five amps, you'll find, Hey, what's, Hey, wait, Hey, what's that? <laughs> What's that over there? Oh, oh yeah, that's been here forever. I don't know. One well, that's been here. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean, dude? Well, how much you want for it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we don't it, know. That's yeah, it's like it's like a, it's like a '71 original Marshall cab or something. Or like, yeah, it's just amazing. I've asked him a few times, and that one cab I keep asking him about, and the cab is still there. I'm like, I buy it from you. <laughs> Come on, what are you what are you doing? I'm I'm looking to find a vintage Marshall cab right now. Just yeah, to have. yeah. Just I kind of I, I want one myself. I don't I don't have any more vintage ones, like really old ones. I thought you had one. Well, okay. I, okay, I do. I, I I have one from the early '70s that's stripped. That's my main cabinet, but it doesn't have original speakers. So I'm looking for something with original speakers, mm. or I need to buy original speakers. And actually, I have an older slant cabinet that's completely destroyed also that I could restore and put original speakers in it. So, okay, maybe I have some. Hmm. You want something original. What's your favorite, uh, like, vintage speaker, Dave? Do you have a favorite? Well, here's the thing about that is they're all, with age... They're all sound different. You got to just listen to the damn cabinet. You just got to listen individually. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of do because, you know, sometimes they sound like crap after a while, even if they're old. I mean, it doesn't mean it sounds good. Right. You know, you have to kind of kind of just listen. Right. It's just kind of kind of cabinet by cabinet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I just played a really old 60s Marshall, um, a straight cab. I never yeah. heard one of those in person. That was that's a really cool. I mean, it's not as much high end as a typical slant from the sixties, yeah. you know. But um, really, really interesting sound. Yeah. At, sure. at this point, the speakers are so old and so abused, generally speaking, over time that they're they're sometimes they're kind of nondescript sounding, kind of dark and just kind of wooly and not always right. great. So you have to, you have to find the ones that are great. Right. They're broken in just enough. Yeah. Also, the cabinets that if you my favorite cabinets are always the one if you if you just bang on them with your hand and they seem really light and hollow those are always the best sounding ones really yeah huh. the That's ones a good too. the ones where you just they're not too solid sounding they they just have this like hollow knock to them sort of when you bang on them um they they're they just have some sort of magical like little like kind of thing about them hmm I'll be damned. That's cool yeah interesting um so i'm gonna ask this question i'm gonna run to the restroom real quick refresh refresh my drink um fisherman 6798 sammy you did a video clip clip once playing a guitar of your grandpa's from the 40s do you own that guitar oh wow yeah i have that right behind me actually let me grab it one second okay i'll be right back guys Um, yeah, this is it right here. Um, it's an ES-125. 
um, my grandpa got it in a uh, Belleville, Illinois, at a music store. It's um, it's the first year they made an ES one twenty five. Drop my mic. No, but it's yep. it's got a really old P ninety pickup in it, so it sounds yeah, cool. that's cool. Yeah, it sounds awesome. But uh, super awesome. It's really cool, man. It's got like one of the uh, the bridge on it's hard to make it stay totally in tune, you know. Um. Yeah, yeah, but, of course, uh, yeah. It sounds amazing, though. Um, yeah, nothing like it. I think it's either a 40... It's the first year they made them. I think it's like a mid to late 40s. Wow, that's amazing. That's cool. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's in great shape. It is in pretty good shape, man. I had to replace... I replaced a couple of the knobs. It had, like, an old Gretsch knob on it for a really long time. Right. But, uh... So I found, like, an older Gibson knob that I, that I threw on it, but... Other than that, it's totally original. That's cool. That's, that's a cool question. I'm, somebody, I'm surprised somebody knew about that. Yeah, right? I didn't yeah. know about that. Yeah, I just, my dad, my dad's had it forever. But uh, last time I was visiting my parents, I, I took it home on the plane with me. And it's got a really old, um, it's got like a leopard skin case. It's got the original case, too. Oh, really? Yeah, so I was walking through the, I, I felt really, uh, probably cooler than ever walking to the airport with a leopard skin old Gibson case or cheetah print or whatever. Right. That's super nice. Yeah. You missed it, Mark. I know. I'm sorry. I missed that. <laughs> how to nature called how to take care of business. Um, Vinny Moretti's here. Hey, Vinny. I didn't What's see you on, earlier. Man? Maybe you were here earlier. I don't know. I think I saw him a little bit earlier. Oh, I'm seeing the I'm seeing the back video of the guitar. That's cool. You know, I actually just got a um so unfortunately a friend of my a really good friend, my best friend, uh his father passed away and he was a guitar player from back in the 80s when I used to go over his house when I was in high school. His dad had guitars and stuff and um they asked me to sell some guitars for for them. Cause you know, his dad passed away. So I got rid of some guitars for him. And, um, and then they called me and said they found another guitar under the bed and it was a, um, a classical guitar. That's a 1962 guild classical. And, um, so they gave it to me and I strung it lefty. Wow. Uh, yeah. With nylon strings and it sounds amazing. Really cool guitar. I'm sure it sounds incredible. Guild acoustics, especially. Um, oh, those are amazing. Older ones. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I almost bought one about a year ago. There was a used one from the 70s, like an old jumbo guild uh, at Guitar Center just by my house. And I mm. almost bought it. I, I was going to flip some stuff to buy it, but I didn't. I, would, I really wish I would have. Mm. Yeah, they they make some great stuff. Yeah, it was made in the original Hoboken, New Jersey factory. And uh, I was like, oh, this is super cool. Not not an expensive piece by any stretch, but it sounds great. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm looking for fixture uh, questions here. Uh, Jim Becker, Dave, major league ass kissing. The BE50 is incredible. Inspiration every time. Every time. Thank you. It can pretty much do it all. Thank you, sir. That's awesome. Thanks that's, for that, buying it. That's that's who I was. <laughs> that's, who, that's who I was talking about before. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jim, good guy. I like hearing that. It's good. Um, let's see. I'm going to go through questions and see if there's anything else. Um, hey, did Pete get back from Japan yet, or is he still there? No, he's still there. That's I love seeing videos from what he's doing, man. That's so cool. Yeah, he's there forever. He loves it there. Yeah. Although it's hotter than hell there right now. Oh, really? And he just had the, uh, there was a typhoon. Yeah. There's, I mean, like Japan in the summer, I went there once in the summer. And um, yeah, um, I'll never go back ever again in the summer. <laughs> oh really? Literally like 110 degrees and 80% humidity. Wow. Something like that. It's just like crazy humid and crazy hot. Hmm. Pretty much take a shower, walk outside, forget the shower. It's over with. You're taking another one in your sweat. Well, it's pretty much yeah. like that here in Florida too, but not a hundred. Ah, not like that. Not as hot. Not as hot. Yeah. I've been to Florida a bunch in my life. Not as hot. Mm. That's Japan. I didn't know Japan gets that hot, man. That's like a dream of mine to go there. But Japan gets that hot in the summer. Just don't go in the summer. Okay. You can avoid it. <laughs> and it's even more brutal if you got to play. Like, so like I, I went there for a summer Sonic festival, which is you know um, a big massive festival they do every year. Uh, you know, four large stages with multiple headliners and multiple bands going in. And they do it in two spots. They do it in Osaka and Tokyo. And um, I remember the Osaka one, we, we were on an outside stage. So you're outside. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Luckily, no there shit, was but... like facing some water, so there was a breeze coming off the water, but like a hot breeze. Like in in your, uh, you know, I, I was a guitar tech for the Offspring for that, and um, you're tuning the guitars, and as you're tuning the guitars, just sweat is dripping onto the guitar. You know, that like, sucks. If there's one point in time in your life that you wish you would wear a stupid headband. That's that, it. It's like now it's like, oh, now I understand what those are supposed to be for. <laughs> because they look dumb as hell, but you know what? I would have rocked one if if you had known in advance. Oh, sweat God. sweat arm cuffs and sweat band on the head would be perfect because because you know, it at least catch it from dripping on the guitar. That sounds brutal, bro. It, it it was it was pretty brutal by the literally end of the day. You're walking back to the dressing room or whatever, and you're just literally you took a shower and you know you're you're wet, you're just soaked, but to the bone, you know, like if you performed and got off stage, you're soaked to the bone, you know. I know, man. It's brutal enough doing like the summer. Fe- I yeah. the outdoor festivals in the summer alone are just like, I mean, you're yeah, just soaking. So you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Half halfway through the gig, you're just like your guitar is soaked, your body, everything, you know. Everything so let alone, and it's like give me some more water and. Yeah, and, and and a fan, please. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I can only imagine. I didn't know. I did not know uh, Japan's like that. Neither. I had no idea. Yeah, extremely, extremely hot. Even our Japanese distributors like, yeah, I don't go there summer. 
or I, I try to avoid it, you know. Uh, we so, just got we just got word that um, Pete Pete's pedal board got fried, and he needs you to go out to Japan for him. Nope. <laughs> That's what L. Scott music said. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk, talk uh, about overtime pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fly me yeah. first class. We will talk about it. Yeah. Meet you in Okinawa. <laughs> um, I'll repair for flea if, if you uh, fly me first class and put me up. And <laughs> That's quite the trip. I've never been. I want to go very badly one day. Yeah, it's like a dream of mine too, man. Um, so Ronnie Schreiber has a question. What was the coolest thing that you saw at, at Summer Nam, Dave? Oh, that you would assume that I got to walk around. <laughs> um, uh, hmm. Like I said, you assume I got to walk around. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, frankly, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't. I didn't really get to walk around. So um, mm-hmm. I, I walked a little bit and I saw a few friends, but I didn't. Um, there seemed like there was a bunch of little companies, you know, tons of little companies producing some cool gadgets and stuff. But um, I mean, I saw the, 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 the those new EVH guitars. That yeah, was fun. Saw, yeah, the Frankies. Yeah, no, that was sorry, fun. the seventy eights. Yeah. yeah oh, fun. did you see those in person, Dave? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they were on the hanging the wall there. And Chip Ellis was there too. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see Chip, but um, oh, no? no. But I, I, I mean, I saw that guitar in the making like two years ago. Wow. Something like that. So, you know, it's been in the making a long, long, long time. Wow. Really, really cool. And you, want, you want to know something interesting? It has a brass block on the bridge. Does the right. original one? Well, um, they, they didn't, Ed didn't remember. So, um, they, found some pictures where it clearly showed that there was a brass block on that guitar at one point in time mm. on, on the bridge. So they went with the brass block. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. God, like, God knows when he put that it's on. It's like in- investigation, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what? It could have been changed 500 times, you know? So at one point in time, it had a brass block. Hmm. So according to the picture. Interesting. Yeah, because I remember that I saw the advertisement that did say brass block on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And it cool. came with a can of oil. That's that's really cool. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> for his uh, for the brass nut. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Um, I was trying to think if there's anything else that came out at Summer Nam that I had heard about. I know last summer name was when that ox came out, which was cool. But yeah, I don't think there was anything else that I'd heard about that really got me going, except for that EVH guitar. Right. Um, yeah, that thing looks awesome. Buzz Wilson has a cool question, and I and I, I know I have an opinion on it. Um, opinion, opinion. <laughs> no, this is an easy one. Opinions on roasted caramelized maple necks. 
There you go. I'm gonna hit the bathroom real quick too, guys. One sec. Okay. Opinions on roasted caramelized maple necks. How about just roasted necks? Um. Well, it takes all the moisture out of the wood. It's more stable. Um. That's about it. That's my opinion. It, it takes. I mean, it's cool. It's it's good. But it's not necessarily needed. Mm-hmm. It's um, I like it. I think it's a very cool um, feel. It feels different than. It's harder. Yeah, harder wood. Mm-hmm. It also yeah. can, if you go too far, can make the wood brittle. If you mm-hmm. go too far with it, it can easy. It can if you go too far, it can it's easier to break. But I can see that probably not going to break it, right? So, um, it, I mean, it's a it's a good thing. And then the same argument you can have for quarter sawn or flat sawn necks. Um, so, a lot of people say quarter sawn, and I say flat sawn. Oh, really? Flat sawn neck. Uh, well, you know what? Every fender ever made, you know. In the old days, there's a flat sawn neck. There was no quarter sawn necks. Hmm. So is the 60s Stratton not good enough? <laughs> I think it is. I haven't seen oh. that much difference between the two, to be honest. And some people will argue that maybe the, there's a tone difference between the two. I'm not going to say a comment on that. So I'm, I just stick with the flat sawn necks. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. worked for you know millions of years now. Well, not millions, but... Worked for a long time. Do they say that quarter sawn necks are more stable? stable. Yeah, that's what they say. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. Well, I know on the like the, the EBH, they have a quarter sawn. The USA's have a quarter sawn necks. Yeah. Um, but all the fenders, all the classic fenders from the '60s and everything, flat sawn necks. Interesting. Hmm. And they're still around. Um. Have you seen the guys making cabinets out of antique radio cabs? Yes. Huh. Analog outfitters or audio or something. Analog outfitters, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did see those guys. They yeah. they were at Super Summer cool. Yep. Super cool. It's fun. Uh, Terry Haynes. Got to bounce, but love your show. Never heard of it before. I am subscribed now. We'll be back for future shows. Great job. Oh, thank Excellent. you. Excellent. Thank you. Cool. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, got a ball. Got a bail. Uh, Equinox said. Um, looking for any other questions. And maybe I think we'll, we're probably pretty good. Maybe we'll bolt because I think we're going on over three hours. Yeah, we're good. Okay. That's fine. Well, Sammy, man, thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you, thank you guys for having me, man. This is really cool. No, it's great. I um, I really had a pleasure getting to know you and learning about your music and you know all your stuff. I'm looking forward to hearing your your album come out. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for you guys to hear it for sure. So hopefully, I'd love to come back on sometimes too. So oh yeah, definitely. Check, check Sammy out. Check Sammy out on you know his Facebook and. And all that. I, you have your contact information that people can get in touch with you for lessons or and or anything. 
Yeah, either um, I'll I'll post my info in the comments uh, when we get off my email and all that. Usually, email is probably best. Um, okay, but uh, do you want to do you want to just say it right now and then you post it later also? Yeah, it's just um, sammybowler@gmail.com is easiest, or Facebook and all that too. Okay. Just Sammy Bowler on Facebook. Cool, awesome. Well, yeah, cool. we'll definitely love to have you back on. Uh, have Wade come on also. Oh yeah, that would that would be awesome. We'll do a double show. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, I'll Dave reach out to him. Have him come oh yeah, on. Or, or give me his contact info, and I'll reach out to Wade, and we'll set it okay. up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sammy, thanks so much, man. You're you're a really great guy, and I uh, I definitely think your playing is awesome. So thanks, man. Likewise. Thanks for thanks for coming on, Dave. You have a great night. Feel good. All right, I will. Sorry, it's texting. Someone was texting me, and I got distracted for a second. <laughs> See, I'm easily distracted. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody have a great week. It's a Monday. I'll, we'll take it under consideration if we're going to do uh, Monday night shows from now on. We might do it. Um, and we'll, we'll be in touch about our next guest and next show. So you guys have a great week, and we'll talk soon. Uh, Sammy, right. hang on. Guys. Just hang on re- real quick while I hang up. Okay. Cool. Have a great week, guys. Take care.